What are you doing in one hour? Drizzly, you're getting your favorite beer, wine, and spirits delivered right to your door from Drizzly. Drizzly is the most convenient way to buy beer, wine, and spirits with delivery to your doorstep in under 60 minutes. Right now, Drizzly is giving new customers $5 off their first order with code FAST5. Go download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And use promo code FAST5 for $5 off your first order. Kelvin Brown wrote that theme song. He sure did. He called me three months ago. Yeah. Because I had blocked his number. Because I didn't want him to ask me this question. Gary, when can I get paid for writing that theme song? Oh, well, no wonder you blocked it. Yeah, I blocked it. Yeah. Didn't want to answer him. I hope he's listening to this episode. Yeah. Kelvin, you're getting paid tomorrow. <laughs> I'm taking, Elliot, I have a new, uh, what is it called, a service? Yeah, a service. Mm-hmm. I have a new service where, you've seen my car. Yeah. And you know how I have a, a top on a top on it. A lot of people yes. don't have this. Yeah, yeah. I lay money on top of my car now, uh-huh. and I drive by the area wherever I owe somebody money, and right. I let it fly. And just let it fly. I'm Yeah. Do you have like a like a trigger release to let it fly, mm-hmm. or you just you just I hope hope you hope that my trigger is hope. It's the, <laughs> I hope that when I get there, it flies out at the right time. If they're meant to be paid, then they then will, they be, will paid. be paid. Yeah. Oh, Elliot! Speaking of paid, our souls are going to be paid in full today. <laughs> you know how you say, Gary? Yeah, I'm going through a soul drought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elliot, mm-hmm. before I go any further, yes. introduce the heck out of the show, Elliot! Gary! <laughs> do it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, people who like to eat weird fruits and people who do not like to eat weird fruits, welcome to another episode of Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot. I am your host, Elliot Blake. Sitting across from me is my equa host, Gary Anthony Williams. Speaking of weird fruit, yeah. went to the boy. Yeah. Went to his yard. Yeah. That's my son. Uh-huh. Went to the yard. Yeah. There's some fruit laying on the ground, something called a strawberry tree fruit. Mm-hmm, How did mm-hmm. I find out? Yeah. Uh, the, the internet. The good people on the internet. Mm-hmm. Put it in my mouth. Yeah. Thought it tasted good. Tasted like pudding. Pudding is good. Yeah. There's something about the afterthought of what I was eating that makes me never want the to eat it The afterthought or the aftertaste? The afterthought. Huh. Even in my mind, it's like, eh, that tasted fine. Yeah. But thinking about it. The tongue of my mind? Yes. It's not good. Oh, your mind tongue, yeah. Speaking of mind tongues, you yes. won't mind this lady's tongue, Miss Andrea <laughs> Romano. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God, I am on fire. You really are. Mm-hmm. I literally have a burning itch today. <laughs> Elliot, you know how we always have people in. And, Andrea, you can say anything you want at any time. Okay. Uh, you know how we always have people in, and they're like, oh, I'm independently wealthy from voiceover. Yes, yeah, I hear that all the time. Yeah. Nothing could ever take my money from right. voiceover. Mm-hmm. I'm a superstar or superstar of right. voiceover. Yeah. Those people wouldn't be shit. Yeah. And I mean that with a capital S-H, without this young lady sitting here today. Mm, that's what I have heard, yes. Oftentimes, yeah. and I'll say often mm-hmm. or often, but when I say often, I spell it O-F-F-E-N. I won't put the T Don't in. put the T in if you're not going to use it. I don't have the time. Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes, mm-hmm. I will ask a voiceover, who's the best voice director in the land? Mm-hmm. 99.100% of the time. Yes. Plus 0.900. Yes. That equals 100% of the time. 100%. Andrea Romano. Aww. Yeah. That's, 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 that's 
That's Isn't that I nice? That's because I drive by with cash on the top of my car, <laughs> yeah. and they Boom. know it's coming, and so they say nice things about me. Money, money flinging. Money Andrea flinging. Romano. See, <laughs> see. Uh, we're gonna get into why she's so amazing, Elliot. On mm-hmm. this episode, think someone asked me. I was telling someone just this morning. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah, they said why. Yeah. I went. I hemmed and hawed. <laughs> I went around and I tried to describe all the reasons why. Yeah. But like any fine pie, there are so many ingredients. Oh, a fine pie. <laughs> I've never been referred to as a pie before, but thank you for that. You a fine pie, okay. Yeah, you should have been. Okay. Could I be mincemeat? Yeah. Could I be mincemeat pie? A mincemeat pie. Because I think what? there's alcohol in the, a mincemeat pie. Oh, okay. I, number one, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. What what kind of alcohol? I think it's rum. I'm okay. not sure, but I believe it's rum. Mm-hmm. When I was young, mm-hmm. I always, when I heard mincemeat pie, I figured it might be meat in mm-hmm. there. But I heard mm-hmm. M-I-N-T-S, like it was mint. Oh, oh. Well, that didn't well, sound good at all. No, Mince and meat. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that's a very uh, Mediterranean thing, to have oh, yeah. mint and a meat well, together. Oh, uh, so, that's true. So, so that's maybe, true. Yeah. I was just but being, you haven't eaten meat in forever. I have not. Yeah. So... At that time, I was eating meat day and night. <laughs> I would While you were I, sleeping, you were having some meat? I would, mm-hmm. When I would sleep, my mom would come in. My head, I always slept <laughs> on my left side. My mom would come in and put a little hunk of either ham. Oh, hey, good. Nice. Cured bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either salt or sugar cured. All right. Mm-hmm. And what she called windswept beef. Wind? Yep. And she would just put it in. What is what is a, what is a windswept beef? She would just hang some meat outside when it was windy. Oh, ah, oh very ah, nice. My mother nice. was different. Yeah. Nice. Uh, before we get into this career, and let me tell you, it is one hell of a career. Mm-hmm. Before we do, Andrea demands drinks wherever You know, she I've goes. been here for about three minutes, and, and I'm not drunk true. yet. Okay. I know. I'm okay. just saying. I'm just. Well, we can we can arrange to uh, to to make that happen for I, you. I like alcohol. All right, I do. And huh. uh, and as, since we're going to be speaking a bit about my retirement, uh-huh. I wanted to mention that a large part of retirement is day drinking. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. Is it really? I'm I think ju- you've well, been doing it right. I'm, I'm yeah. just. I have been. Day drinking, not today, because no. I had an appointment yeah, for day drinking. I, yeah, no. but it, Wait, very few people have like, appointments for day like drinking. A medical appointment for. Well, oh, it wasn't so medical as much as medicinal uh-huh. in its uh-huh. treatment. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it uh, it does keep me from being cranky. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. I, I know you got to start making her drink. Yeah. And also, Elliot, at yeah. some point, I want to ask, since she's now a professional retired day drinker. Yeah. What is her go-to? Day drink. I would like to know that. Yeah. I am a big fan of Prosecco. Now, mm. it used to be champagne, yeah. but champagne would give me a headache hmm. at, at the end of the evening and or afternoon or the morning after. But Prosecco does not seem to do that. Oh. So I've moved from champagne into Prosecco. I actually always wanted to be like the girls in AbFab who had oh refrigerators of just Verve Clicquot champagne. Sure. I mean, an entire wall of just, I thought that was the coolest thing. I actually am trying to become them as I get yeah. older and older. Oh. I want to be Eddie because I just thought she was fantastic. I love that show. And I did too. Loved it. Loved it. And so, uh, but the sparkling, sparkling. I do also like um, a good vodka martini. Okay. Uh, and uh, I've been known to have many a margarita. But I I've also moved from that to just sipping good tequila, oh, really yeah. good tequila. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. then you don't have the sugar and the yep. sweet and right. the stuff that gets added to a margarita, and yep. it's just the pure alcohol, which yeah. I like. Like so. is in the Bible. Like exactly. in the Bible. Exactly. There are no recipes in the Bible for fruity drinks. No, correct. None. Why would there? Well, wine, I guess, is a fruity 
But there's not a recipe. You could. Uh, would you say wine fruity? I guess you could. I guess but you could. Oh, yeah. Fruity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fruit, yes, but fruity tends to mean like it, sweet on the sweet side, don't you think? But, you know, I, fruity, I a used, fruity drink. I used to enjoy, I still do, a fruit forward wine. Fruit forward. Uh, you know. I love I, it when you talk like that. I have real, guys. I had a I had a pinot a pinot gris the other day. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, that that had a very, that was that was a little bit fruit forward, but it was it had a very it had very like a, kind of like a green apple note to it. Interesting, and that was very nice. And mm. and Cloudvale. was it dry or sweet? It was dry. Dry. Yeah, I like dry. Yeah. I like pinot grigio for my mm-hmm. white wine. Yeah, drinking. I prefer I I like my wine to be drier. Me too. Than, drier than. Me too. Dry than. I'm yeah. hard. I'm hard on the white wine. Most white wines to me taste like a wet dog smells. Not a wet dog. T- I've never tasted a wet dog, <laughs> but I have smelled many. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I will wet a dog down just to make sure they still have mm-hmm. that smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most white wines to me taste that way. I can see that. Chardonnays taste like that to me. Yeah. Mm. So I totally get dog. that. I don't drink Chardonnay at all. Uh, in in the other room, I have a bottle of Kindred that a, a friend of mine now bought. his wine. Yeah, Kevin Jones. I have a bottle of his Kindred. I I should almost pop it before we leave, so we can all taste. When it. I wait, when I, what is that wine? I don't know. What it's, a, there. it's a rosé or a blush. Oh, you know, yeah, one of those like quick it. wines. Like I can make it in a day. I, oh yeah. What I do like you rosé. drink when? What is your wine of choice? Uh, wine first. It it used to be uh, a Cabernet. Okay. Mostly from the um um. Uh, Paso region. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, lately, I've been getting into these uh, Pinots. The Pinot Noir. Yes. Pinot, the, the dark one. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the Pinot Noir, yeah. Cal- good. California. Good yeah. Nice. Yeah, yes. California. Nice. And, you should, you uh, try some of the Oregon ones. Or Washington, the Walla Walla uh, Pinots. Oh, yeah. Let me just really say, I, I had a cloud. We're very highfalutin today. I had way. a cloud. Yeah. Yeah. We're all stroking our chins. <laughs> yeah. We really are. <laughs> okay. What did, uh, what, what did she want to drink? <laughs> okay. And we got to get it. Well, well, as you just explained, Prosecco, mm-hmm. vodka. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, I, I, I went into my book, uh, Create 100 Cocktails, a home bar, guys, deep dive into the art of uh, cocktail creation. And I found uh, a recipe in there that I, I made uh, for my one of my producing partners, um, Teresa Park. And I'm going to find what page that drink is on. Here it is. Uh, if you're playing along at home, it's on uh, page 70. It's called the Park Royale. And what this mm-hmm. is is a uh, it's a it's it's a it's really a, a champagne drink, but it's okay. got a vodka base to it. Oh, cool! So so it's it's uh, one ounce of vodka, uh, a quarter ounce of Cointreau. Uh, it's got an ounce of fresh lemon juice in uh-huh. there, and then uh, a little bit of agave syrup just to balance out mm-hmm. the acids. Uh, a dash of Angostura bitters. Uh, and then we're going to shake that up uh, with some ice, pour it into the glasses, and then top it with the Prosecco. That sounds so cool. Yeah. So many of the so things So it's like that a variation. Like. It's a variation on a French 75. Okay. So there you have it. Folks. I can't, get, I I can't always, wait for the variation. I always All right. thought French 75 was like a dirty sex act. Well, it, it, may, it may well oh. be, but it's also a delightful cocktail. Is it? What is it? it, it, it it's gin, uh-huh. uh, lemon juice, simple syrup, uh, and champagne. Oh. See what or Prosecco. I know nothing. Yeah. I oh, know it's nothing. it is it's wonderful. It's but, one of my wife's favorite drinks. But those cool. can lead to dirty sex. Oh, okay. oh sure, okay. sure. Or, All right. or clean That's, ones. Okay. Yeah. Or right, clean then. ones. No, no judgment. Yeah. Exactly. No judgment. Yeah. And I wasn't making a judgment when I said dirty sex. Oh, I no. just meant. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean you don't see dirt. <laughs> oh, did you know this about her? What? She doesn't see dirt. Oh, no, I didn't know that. No. I had not heard that. And thus, she has refused to wash her hands for the last 12 years. Yes. There's so many memories. Oh. So very many memories. Never wash the memories. No. Oh, no. That's not hot. 
Shall I make the drink? Elliot? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Get to it. All right, while I do this, God you guys uh, chit, mm-hmm. and then uh, please, if you will, immediately follow it with the chat. Okay. That, that would be no problem. All right, okay. All right. All right. Andre, welcome. Thanks for well, having me. This uh, is very, very cool. Let's just... Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, you probably didn't know this about me. I mean, you've been working in voiceover for... I could only guess five years or more. <laughs> How long have you been for real? 30. Hold on. I started in 1980. What is that? In 80. Uh, that that's, would be 39, 39 years? years? Yeah. yeah. 39 years. Yeah. I started as a voiceover agent's assistant in 1980. Who? What was the agency? Is that it, well, agency it doesn't exist around? anymore. It was Abrams, Rubilov, and the agent was Don Pitts. So they and, kind of exist in pieces, right? Is uh, Abrams still in pieces? Well, you know, or? this is something I learned about the agency industry when I worked in it, is everybody comes from some other agency, mm-hmm. and they all broke off, essentially, from Harry Abrams, mm-hmm. who formed Abrams Artists, Abrams Rubilov, and two or three other talent agencies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I first began, I would always hear people say, oh, yes, Rita Venari, well, she used to be at Cunningham, and then they yeah. broke off and formed SPV. And then, th- and it's a very kind of large family of people who have pretty much known each other for decades. Yeah. And so I w- worked with Don Pitts. I was there as a, as a temp in 1980. Oh, wow. And this is how I began. And it's, I've always found it an wow. interesting, uh, because I was an actress first. Oh, and see, then, I didn't know these. Did you not know that about okay. me? No. Couldn't you have guessed that? I could have guessed that. Now now I could. Because I love actors so much, and it, I always treat that actors the way I wanted to be treated when yeah. I was pursuing acting. Because it's hard. It's No matter where you are in the world of um, a professional career in acting, whether it's voice acting or on camera, whatever, when you finish whatever fabulous gig you finished, you're as unemployed as the guy, you know, from McDonald's. Yeah. And so anytime you go in for an audition or to see somebody for a, 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 an interview of some sort, you should be treated with respect. Yeah, you should yeah. be as an actor. And so I always treated actors with great respect. So I started as an actress. And then um, moved. Hold on. Hold okay. You slow Let me back down, up pony. a little bit. When you were acting, Please. what kind of acting were you doing? Was it uh, stage? Mo- oh, oh, stage wow. acting. Are you a singer too? I uh, know. I I can sing and I can read music, but I'm not. A but very you refuse. Good you can do it. You just. Refused. I can't. I'm not a very. I'm good at. If I had to sing a line for you for a piece that we were doing together that mm-hmm. I was directing you, and I would learn how to sing it. I would so that I could do it for you. I wouldn't try to perfect it because I'd always want to do it less good than you. I'd always want you to feel better about your performance than mine. Okay. So so today and and we're going to stay with your acting thing, but today when that person asked me what's so great about you, mm-hmm. I I started saying how some uh voice directors how they direct and the way you direct. Like you always know the material so well when you come in there. Yeah. You have an idea of where where you want it to go, and I guess you've talked to the director of where the director wants it to go, uh-huh. but you always leave room for that voice person to do their thing. Absolutely. That's why we hire... sometimes people will want to give you just a straight-up line reading yeah, yeah. and do that. Um, the thing is that we hire actors for cartoon voices and voices for commercials and stuff because we want actors Mm -hmm. if we wanted them to just only echo us we could uh, hire technicians Uh to do the voice work but and whenever i would prep a script i would have in my mind what i thought that line should sound like Mm -hmm. but as you said you have to leave yourself open for what the actor brings to the party yeah and this is because i cast and direct directed for most of my career um i always considered casting 
kind of like putting together a party. Who's going to be... That's a great Sorry, sound effect. Oh, I love that sound <laughs> effect. Um, putting together a party of people who are going to get along well together and people who are going to bring something to the party, yeah. which is what I'm talking about when I say I have an idea of what I think that line should be, and I certainly can give you the line reading. Yeah. But I want you to bring something to the party that I didn't think of, yeah. something that's different and weird. And, and certainly for a series like The Boondocks, which we worked on a lot, yeah. we did a lot of other projects together, you and I, but that particular show, no matter what I had prepped in my head, I knew knew that I was going to get 20 different versions of that scene. But the the beauty is, even with that, Elliot, if yeah. we were doing the boondocks, and I did, I mean, I did that character for years, and I don't know how many episodes we both did together. Many, many. But you would still go, hey, how about trying one like, that was something totally different that I would have imagined I would have thought of. Right. And you bring that to the table Oh, that's as cool. Well. Thanks oh, that's for that. Fantastic. What a nice thing to say. I Once I get to know somebody like you and I got to know each other over the years, um, I also kind of guess what you might do. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't done it, I'm going to ask you to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's something, a tick of some sort that you've given a character, a, a real specific vocal click or I'm not a click but a, a little something that you do mm-hmm. like wasn't there something that Ruckus did oh he would say there was a letter he pronounced differently Uncle Ruckus would say was that a K or something he would add I don't I remember oh gosh we'll, I, if we'll I start talking remember. like him I would yeah probably I can of course I can talk like Uncle Ruckus all day long and all night it wasn't like asks. It wasn't. It wasn't X. It was something like that, though. And every time you would say that that letter, you would say it with that okay. mispronunciation on purpose. And then you did a secondary character, and this was within the first two or three weeks that we were working together on the show. And you did that same thing with that character. It was a much different character than mm-hmm. Ruckus, but you did that same mispronunciation. Uh-huh. I thought, you know what? Let's save that for Ruckus. Yeah, Let's yeah. make that his character oh, cool. thing. And then you took it out of the other character. And I think that kept them nice and separate. See there, that kept me from getting fired. Oh well, it just kept you from, from people saying oh that's the same actor right because it's always fun to, to say to sit there with somebody in a you know a situation where you're sitting at home smoking a doob and watching an episode of the boondocks and you say hear that guy that's gary anthony williams as uncle ruckus and then three lines later hear that white guy that's like the big crowd uh, instigator there that's also gary anthony williams <laughs> and that would be really cool because people would go that sounds nothing like the same man and so i always made sure to, to separate them as Smart much as I move. could. And there was a, are you about to pop your top, Elliot? Ooh, ooh, come oh, on. Oh, come on. Oh, look how subtle. I, I, I didn't want it to. <laughs> now, I, thought, I, thought, I like to do it. I like to do it subtly. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. Because I know that you are the cocktail maker. Oh, the- oh, by the way, just so you know, he's not only a cocktail maker. Elliot is also an animation producer. I love but that. But for this podcast, sure. yes. he makes art. Yes. I understand. Yes. I understand. Um, but I'm surprised as I watched you open that bottle that you turned the cork. And not the bottle. Actually, no, I turned the bottle. Did I you? Was, yeah, I was turning uh, the bottle. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked, it looked different to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. No, That's I a very was, cool yeah. thing. Yeah, and I had a towel Did you know this? Top, so I saw that, too. Yeah. I saw that, too. So is there a rule? That well, I've been... no, it's not a rule, but it, it tends to stop it from Overflowing. Mm-hmm. If you turn the... You hold the cork and turn the bottle. It's actually, I find it's easier. It is to, easier. It's way easier. You have a much larger grip on the bottle that way. And uh, and it just makes you cool. It does do that make that you way. cool. Because you know something. Oh, right. here we go. Good sound. Here it comes. <gasps> nice. Wow. That okay. is such a happy sound, isn't uh, it? It is. Mm-hmm. You know, I should go and get some of those strawberry tree berries. <laughs> <laughs> and float them in the drink? Just horrible yeah. in the memory. Oh. 
I, I like that you've kept them. You haven't thrown them away. I though. haven't because I'm tempted to try it again, but I just don't think I can. When you say pudding, pudding is to me a texture rather than a flavor. Yes. So what was the flavor? It has the texture of pudding. Yeah. It has a sweet flavor. Like there's nothing wrong with the flavor. When you eat it, you go, oh, okay. Then it has really granular seeds on the outside. And you go, "Eh, that doesn't go with the pudding so well. Right. But then it's something about the afterthought that really makes you not want it anymore. Right. But it... I should bring you guys one. <laughs> no way. I'm not eating it after put, that. I don't want to put that in my mouth. <laughs> you like pudding? Yes, but not oh, I love grown pudding. on a tree, I don't yeah. think. Look, guys, I'm one just... of our greatest Americans, Bill Cosby, made a living. One of our greatest Americans <laughs> ever. You, and if, where is he now? If, you, if Bill Cosby put something in his mouth or anyone else's mouth, you could trust it. Where is he now? I don't know. On an island somewhere having a good time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. That's where he is. So... Are we all having this drink? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, do you, is this what you do? Do you have, a, yes. you always have the cocktail of the guest? Yes. I love this. I apologize that I don't know your podcast, but when you told me of it the other day, I was like, but I haven't been on it yet. And then now, you instantly now, set me up. Now you will know it. Bless you It's for that. literally chitting and chatting that and is having so cool. a sip of something. So cool. Oh, Elliot is pouring it out. It's really pretty. I wish you guys could see how pretty this drink is. We will post a picture oh, well, on the Instagram. Oh, well, there you go. See oh, yeah. how you do that. I don't do any of those things. I have no social media presence at all? Well, you have just answered one of Elliot's last questions of the day. The, oh. the ultimate question. I wrecked it, huh? Oh, no, that's oh, okay. fine. All right. <laughs> we'll get your home address. <laughs> Where can they find you? At my house. They cannot. They cannot. They, I mean, lots of people, you know, have access to me, people like you, if they really no, want to get I'll a hold give of you. I'll you anybody. <laughs> I don't care. What do I get to lose? I lose nothing by that. Uh, so you were an, a stage actress. I was. I, 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 I did my undergraduate work at a place called Fredonia, New York, which is 60 miles southwest of Buffalo. And I chose that particular college because I had a New York State Regent Scholarship. And I had to stay in New York State in order to be able to afford to go to college. Oh. Because despite the fact that I grew up in the Hamptons... We oh, were oh, the poor. We were, we were the poor locals. We were. We were. We were the as, the people who serviced the wealthy people. We were not as, wealthy in any way. Okay, as Elliot told me yes. about Teslas, the Model Three I call the poor man Tesla, and he goes, Gary, there's no such thing as a poor man's Tesla. Correct. What I'm here to tell you, there is no such thing as a poor person uh, from the Hamptons. In, from the Hamptons. Well, it fed my soul it is one of the most beautiful places on the planet but if i tell you i was one of eight kids does that help you see how the money would have to stretch a little more when you're a billionaire (laughs) as your father and mother were you know somebody else gave me shit about that and we can say dirty words right i'm proud of how rich oh i gotta take a picture i gotta take a picture (laughs) oh yes please all right right, a picture oh please hold and garnished with a and it's garnished with a lemon yeah lemon little lemon twist there you go buddy in there. There you go. Uh, so you're um, from the Hamptons, but you had to stay in New York in order to, to take use my Regent scholarship. Uh, no, I was the first one in my family, and I'm the uh, third from the youngest um, to go to college. The first one to go away to college. Wow. Uh, and it was because we just didn't have the money to go to college, but I had a scholarship. I was the first one in the family to get a scholarship. So um, what I did was I knew from the earliest time that there were a couple things in my life that I wanted. I wanted to work in the entertainment industry. From about the time I was 10 years old, I knew this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know in what capacity I just knew I wanted to be in that showbiz biz Mm -hmm. I wanted to be married to a man from a foreign country who spoke with an accent 
and who was an artist, someone who could draw. Oh, my God. And I'm married to a man named Rogério Nogueira, who's a Brazilian artist who still speaks with an accent and is a stunning artist, a wonderful artist. What? And I'm crazy gaga in love with him. But at 10 years old, I knew I wanted these things. Oh, my gosh. It took me a long time to get them all. But um, it uh, it worked out quite nicely. Well, let's oh. drink that. Let's, oh. Cheers. Shall we? Cheers. Cheers. It's so and nice to be with you guys. Elliot, it's a pleasure. Uh, this is Cheers. called the Park Royale. Park Royale. Park I like Royale. that. Mm, it smells very citrusy. It though. does. Mm-hmm. It does. Delightful. Thank you. And you know what's really good about it? To me, the mark of a good cocktail is it doesn't taste like liquor. That's true. Oh, and not. this one does not. Yep. Like a really good Cosmopolitan doesn't taste like vodka. A really good martini isn't massively alcoholic. Mm, right. This is very delicious. Thank this, you, Elliot. You're welcome. I, I, it is not low in alcohol content, though. No, this it's one. not. No, it's almost... It's a little entire. lighter, though, just because it's okay. more Prosecco than it is vodka. Okay. But... but. But it's still, it's not, you know, it packs a punch. I mean, that's If you drink it fast enough, it'll. (laughs) And I will do. And we have Uh enough to make a few. Uh Just checking. (laughs) Just checking. (laughs) I need to call out for more Prosecco. Just checking. Because, you know, I Ubered here. Look, I'm glad you you told the the people that you Ubered here. But we know better. No, I did. No, I'm just kidding. I truly did. No, no, I, I, I you know, I, all, I got in the car and went and ran an errand. Smart move. And then looked around and went, it's Saturday traffic. And yeah. people are like in a panic. It's the Saturday before Thanksgiving, too. Yep. Let us not yeah. forget. Yep. So everybody's in a panic to get their turkeys and all the stuff they need. Yep. And I thought, I want to enjoy the buzz and not have to think about. Heck yeah. And let somebody very, else drive me who hopefully smart. has is, not been drinking. It's so brilliant. People out there, please listen to. Uh, Thank you. Voice goddess knew what she wanted at the age of 10. 10. At 10, at 10 I 10 knew. years old. Listen to this 10 year old wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. Uber if you're drinking. Absolutely. Lyft if you're drinking. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't take the chance. Be don't get behind the wheel. It will so screw up your life. Think about even if you just have like a little tiny fender bender, yep. that's going to affect your entire holiday season. You're going to think of the week before Thanksgiving as the week that you had that accident or that you got a DUI or whatever. Yep. So these things exist to help us out and just take advantage of them. But even if it costs you 30 bucks to go somewhere in an Uber, isn't that better than the hundreds and hundreds of dollars you'll have to spend it to is. make it be right after it is. An accident or the something. only way it's not better is if you're one of those rich kids from the Hamptons. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing is too. Your father is a multi-billionaire. See how that is. Even <laughs> if even if something went um, awry with if uh, no Ubers were available, I could actually walk home from yes, here. Yes, you could. I'm 2.1 miles from my home. Yeah, just I, so you know, you I, could walk to my house. I, I, you could. Could and will. Will you? Just come just on. To, just come to on. do it. Cool. Uh, you're young. I'm young. I'm. I'm. I. Go. I decided these things I wanted in my life, and I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. So, I actually had um, quite a lot of experience in high school. Uh, I was the. Um, I was the captain of the cheerleaders. I believe that is part of why I'm a voice director because I can handle a bunch of people that oh way. My gosh. Right. I. Um, I was the drum majorette, and I played <laughs> bass clarinet. And I thought maybe I could have a a, a life in. A musical life. And so I went to several colleges and auditioned playing bass clarinet and singing. And then when I, eh, I don't think I could make everything in my life about music. And so uh, as I was accepted at State University of New York at Fredonia, and I'll tell you a story about them in a second, 
Uh, they sent me just about a month before I was scheduled to go there. They sent me the final, you know what a buck slip is? No. It's like a piece of paper that's usually more like cardboard than, yes, like that. Oh, that's, that's a, a buck, buck slip. slip. It's oh, a okay. Buck slip. It's, uh, and yeah. it had a list of all the majors and it said, please check your major. And as I read down the list, at the very bottom was theater arts. And rather than music, I checked theater arts. And a month before I went away to school, I changed my wow. thinking as to what I was going to study. So I was a theater major at a very good theater school in upstate New York. Now, mind you, it's 60 miles southwest of Buffalo. So Buffalo has the same sort of climate that Chicago does. Wow. Imagine, if you will, 40 degrees below zero yeah. with the wind chill factor. In 1977, I was there for that final winter, and that was horrible. Wasn't there, was a, wasn't, there was a blizzard in 77. Correct. Yeah. That was the classic yeah, one. And I, was, I, I actually um, was going to graduate early in December because I did not want to go through another January and February yeah. and March there. Yeah. And then I was offered in 1977 $500 oh, to boy. direct the high school play. Wow. Now, but in 1977, that was a lot of money. Yeah, $500 in 77 was a lot of yeah, money yeah. for someone who had absolutely no income at that point. Yeah. And so I stayed through that winter and experienced that hideous winter. Yeah. Now, why I wanted to go back to the story of Fredonia is the Marx Brothers traveled there as a vaudeville touring oh company, and they threw them out. Is that why? Two body. In, is hail that why in Duck Soup? Hail, hail Fredonia. Thank you. Thank yep. you very much. Oh that my is God. my I never knew that. alma mater's claim to fame. I never knew that. Now, I'm a huge Marx Brothers fan. In, and that, of course, every year played in the the um, Commons and the you know <laughs> the, the major union, oh, the student wow. union, yeah. and we all would just get loaded and watch that. And yeah, yeah every time they say Fredonia, everybody would drink, and oh, it was crazy and wonderful. Um, Fredonia oh, wow. has graduated many very successful people. Um, Mary McDonald, do you know her from mm-hmm. uh, Dances with? Wolves, yeah, the female yeah, lead. Yeah, yeah. She was there at the same time I was. Uh, she was a senior. I was a freshman, but I did get to know her. Um, I believe not Harvey Weinstein, but Bob Weinstein. I believe went to Fredonia. He he's the good Weinstein. He's the good Weinstein. Okay. The not indicted Weinstein. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and uh, and several other people uh, of note have graduated from there. It's a wonderful music school and an excellent theater program where they gave you the opportunity to work on a small arena stage, on a larger proscenium stage, on a concert hall stage. So you got the chance to experience what it was like to work in every kind of theater um you know, venue. Uh-huh. And that was great. They had wonderful um teachers, terrific, that I really, really liked. And I met one of my dearest friends, um, Anthony Barneo there. He passed away last year. God rest his soul. Oh, I loved I, him so. Yeah, wow. He was a dear human being. And he got married while I was there, yes, in Fredonia, to one of my dearest friends for the longest time, Susan Chico. Yeah. You know Susan yeah. Chico. Yeah. Susan Chico I've known for something like 40 years. Wow. It gets weird Same. when you can talk about knowing people for 40 years. That's just... Because in my mind, I'm not much more than 40. Yeah. Although next week, I will be 64. You're almost a woman. 64. <laughs> You're almost a full-blown woman. And, and I, I remembered thinking about this this morning when I was remembering that I was coming here. And I thought, when that song came out, 64 was so far away. You know what? You mean the Beatles? Will, will, will you still? still yes. Need me, 64 is me. just, it was, you know, I'd be lucky if I lived that long. Yeah. And now it's around the corner. Wow. It's shocking. It's shocking. I do expect a phone call from you on December 3rd. I'm just saying, December 3rd. No, I'm walking to your house. Oh, yeah, dig walk, it. Yeah, dig walk, it. Let's walk over uh, there, No, because I'll be out in the desert. 
No, I'll, I'll still watch it. <laughs> I'll be with Susan Chico. in the desert has nothing to do with what All I'm right. going to eat. <laughs> what you're going to do in the house. All right. There's so many pretty things in there to look at, Elliot. It's a nice house. I'm done. <laughs> you got come that over. bocce ball in yes, the house. Yes, oh, serious nice. bocce yeah. court. Uh, very I had nice. never bocce until I went to her house. I've never bocce. Then I, went, then oh, I, went, I got it. Because you can do this and bocce simultaneously. Well, that a, seems like any my sport, kind of sport then. Exactly. Any yeah. sport you can drink and do this sport is good. If I remember correctly, your he's, husband was quite a he's monster on the bocce. Really good. He's really good. However, I usually beat him. Beat him? Mm-hmm. Well, you were so busy. But ho- I don't do hosting. that at when we have a, a large group of people. No, you let him win. You got Elliot. If you ever marry a Brazilian, yeah, let him win at bocce. Okay, all right. In front of good front of Brazilians are cool. So Fredonia. So I, I graduated from Fredonia in '77 and directed the high school play, the High School Musical, which was great fun. And then I went to graduate school at Rutgers in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Mason Gross School of the Arts. Um, and I mentioned that because Douglas College at Rutgers University, because so did someone named John DiMaggio go to that Our same school. Old friend, John DiMaggio. Many yeah. years yeah. later, and in their undergraduate program, what the graduate program had going for it was every professor, and I use that term loosely, they were all professionals who worked in the industry. Oh. So Bill Esper was the acting coach, the acting teacher, the acting professor, Bill Esper of the Neighborhood Playhouse. Um, Avery Brooks, the oh. wonderful actor, yeah. was the speech and movement teacher. Eileen Blumenthal, a critic for The Village Voice, which doesn't exist anymore, but The Village Voice was a big popular paper for years and years out of the, the Greenwich Village. Mm-hmm. And she taught theater history, and I was her graduate assistant. And so I taught as well and um, loved it and stayed there for one year. It was a two-year program, but after one year, I was just so done with academia. I just thought, I need to get out there in the real world. Now, there's one other little caveat or thing I should tell you. Um, At this point in my life, we're talking now 1978, I weighed 200 pounds. Okay, for people who don't know you, you're what, five foot just a little more? Maybe yeah, five foot. About five. Yeah, uh, I'm not, not five one. Did you come from a heavy family? No, no. Propensity toward weight gain my family had, but they all kind of kept it in check. Some, you know, girls got a little thighs and stuff, but nobody was obese like I was. So you, you were, that was your specialty, being the chubby. Uh, it was so sad. It was not good. I, it started with a summer job working in Dunkin' Donuts. Because there just is nothing better than a raised donut, a glazed raised donut, hot out of the oil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just, you pop that baby in your mouth and it just disappears. Oh, that sounds delicious. And I could do three or four in a day. Mm. And then there was the filled donuts, which you would take and shove on these um, poles that would come out and hit a little thing and it would fill. And then if you got it on your finger, then it was like drugs. You'd have to have, it was not good. I I put on 25 pounds in a summer. Three months, 25 pounds. Well, that's not easy to do. No, I had to really work at that. And then um, when I went to Fredonia, when you go away to school like that and you live in the dorms, which you have to for the first year, um, you have to sign up for the food plan at the cafeteria. And the things that they would serve there would be things like spaghetti and french fries, Mm -hmm. which both are fantastic. And, you know, (laughs) it's not about discipline when you go away to school, the first one in your family to go away to school. It's about yeah. going wild. Yeah. And so uh-huh. I ate everything that was made available to me and then put on, well, about 85 pounds. So A person. I put uh, on a person. I only weigh 110 now. Now, did that make, that, that, that yeah, 
I mean, you were yeah. nothing. Now. Yeah. I'm, I never knew that you were a chubby. I never told you this. No, we could wow. have shared. We could have laughed. Oh, well, see, <laughs> as I watched you drop all the weight, I thought his life is going to be so different now because your feet don't hurt anymore and things don't bind at the waist anymore. That is true. With the, I did have my feet were hurty, mm-hmm. um, but that luckily I didn't have. I, I, I got out of I got out of the weight game before I started having some serious serious problems. Yeah. Good you know? for you. But I was always very active. How long were you heavy? All my life. I only had lost weight a couple of times in my life. Mm. From from a tiny little kid yeah. to six years ago. I bet you were really cute. I was just so <laughs> they couldn't pick me up, but boy, <laughs> they would drag me to the stores. But boy, was I. My whole family was. Most of my family was heavy. My yeah. dad was See? not heavy. But most of my family is. Interesting, though. Genetically, so you were predisposed toward yeah. weight gain. Yeah. But you made a decision at some point in your life and said, I don't want to be a heavy person. I, it was by accident. Uh, really? The wife, they thought she had celiac, so they took her off wheat and just in, uh, what do you call that when you're there for somebody? Uh, you were uh, uh, being supportive. Yeah, so, yes. sure. Yeah. In being supportive yes. of her, yeah. then I was like, I'll, I'll go off it with you. And then suddenly I had a whole bunch of energy. And then I was like, oh, this is crazy. The energy, and then, and that was before the weight loss. Wow. Like, I didn't, I didn't get tired in the middle of the day. I used to have a dip of tiredness. Right. And then after that, I was like, I'll just cut out other carbs and see what happens, except booze. I'm not doing that. I'm yeah. no fool. Good for no. you. No, good I'm not you. cutting out booze and right. fruit. Yeah, All no, right, there's... Yep, don't. And then I cut You've out... You've got to draw the line somewhere. I, I had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. had to. Uh, and then I cut out all the other breads, rice, uh, potatoes, and uh, I'd still eat some carbs, but none of the white stuff, really. Right. And that was it. And, and it um, just fell but off it was, you. it was literally just by happen chance more than, Isn't that I'm sick of being heavy because right. I was making money being right. heavy. Right. And I, it I, hadn't killed right. me yet. Right, right, because you were a character actor. No, and I remember speaking was, to were, you. Were you a character? Like, were uh, you yes, that yeah, size? yeah. I mean, there were some things that, for women, there's some things you can get away with. Like, if you're playing the uh, second banana friend, mm-hmm. you can be heavy. And yeah. it doesn't have, but so, yes, more character stuff. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, and I got to do a whole bunch of different types of plays, classic plays in Shakespeare, and I loved learning Shakespeare stuff and um, and teaching, and I love that. And uh, and I, I but I was living at uh, in New Jersey, which you know, New Jersey is actually a beautiful state. There's a lot of people make jokes about it, but it's if a you, garden state. Well, it is in there, fact. Right? Were you yeah. born in yeah, where? I was born in New Jersey, uh, in uh, 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 East Orange. Okay. Yeah. So I actually, think, I was born in West Orange, but we lived in East Orange. I don't remember. It was close. Enough. I was a baby. Close enough. So yeah. The thing is, I think most people, when they think of Jersey, they think yeah. of the line that goes from Manhattan yes. through New Brunswick, through um, Trenton, and all those really not nice. Oh, the beautiful I, well, part. Here's the thing. Like my, my my whole family is is basically is from New Jersey. My my, uh-huh. my grandparents. My my mom grew up there. She was born in Brooklyn, but she was, uh, grew up there. My dad was uh, was born in Newark. Right. And he grew up in Newark. Right. And so, but so Newark. We, that was the other one I wanted yeah. to mention. Newark. And so when I when we would go up to visit my grandparents, that was the only part we saw the New, on the New Jersey Turnpike. And then um and then the, the first time I went to Atlantic City, and we drove through. That part of New Jersey, farm country, yeah, farm yeah. country. I was totally shocked. And then a friend of mine uh, from high school was making a movie in in southern New Jersey, mm-hmm. in this rural area, and it was so beautiful. It's I beautiful. couldn't believe it. And the yeah. Jersey Shore is gorgeous. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it really, there's some very nice parts. But if you're a New Yorker, first of all, you have to snub New Jersey because right. that just comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. And when you would drive across, what bridge would that be? I forget. But you would drive into Jersey. 
and it instantly started smelling because of all the factories. Right. And so for us, Jersey was just smelly. But once you start going off into the farm country, you're like, no, it's it's really quite beautiful there. Yeah. So I did get an appreciation for it. But there's also that whole section where you can't make a left turn. Right. What's up with that? <laughs> Do you know this about Jersey? No, literally yeah, on a highway. You're on a highway. Yeah. And you want to go, and you can't. You have to go all the way around and under and this way and do a leaf and then go back. Aww. And then you can get over there. So, yeah, that's a big pain in the neck. But, and I don't know if that actually helped to stop accidents. That was the intention. I, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Anyhow, um, I had to get out of academia. I went into Manhattan and um, started doing auditions. And again, 200 pounds, so limited things. Uh, but I had to make a living, too, because I didn't have any savings. Yeah. And so I got a job at a place called Capizio in the Village, which was down on McDougal and 8th Street, down in the village. And it was a dance and high fashion store. Yeah. And I was but, the cashier well, there. Well, Capizio, they make... Dancewear. Dancewear. Yeah. Yeah. Dance shoes yeah. and all that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and so all kinds of cool people would come in there. And I was the cashier, so it didn't really much matter how heavy I was because I wasn't trying to sell high fashion clothes to anybody. I was just taking their money. And I remember meeting Malcolm McDowell there. Wow. And then years later, hiring him and getting to know him and various really cool things like that. And at one point, this woman came and I was checking her out. Uh, uh, That sounds terrible. I was doing the checkout at the cash register. So you were staying at the cash register, like but you're looking checking at her. Out. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like I was checking out <laughs> this woman, fine. and I wasn't. No judgment. And, no judgment. and she keeps looking at me and saying, I know you. I know you. Why do I know you? And I'm like, I, I can't imagine. I, don't, I went to elementary school out there. I went to high school out there. I went to college in Fredonia. I just finished doing a play out in Rutgers, and she went, that's it. I saw you in that play. You were excellent, oh. which was maybe one of the coolest things ever was wow. to have somebody yeah, yeah. recognize me. Yeah. And it was a very high compliment. I love that. Um, so I was there for a couple of years. And what I found out just maybe a year ago was that Ron Perlman, mm-hmm. Hellboy, Ron Perlman, yeah, a yeah. wonderful dear friend for years now, was working on the corner of McDougal and 8th uh-huh. in a leather store selling handbags and belts. Mm. And I was Two stores down at Capizio in the village. Oh, that's we so had fun. to have seen each other. We had to yeah. be exactly at the same time. And that's a, I mean, the village is yeah. small and that's a really small community right there. And so that's kind of cool that Ron Promo. Wouldn't it be like, great to see a video of all the times that you guys crossed probably, paths? Yeah. Probably even nodded or waved at each yeah. other or looked. That's Wouldn't that really be cool? And, and you and checked him out at the checkout. I, I probably would have checked him out because he's so cool looking. He's just so he cool. He is cool. Looking. I saw him the other day. He's actually. the nicest guy. He walked guy. right in front of my car. He's the nicest yeah. guy. Yeah. You could always just. I did not run him over. And he, and and he, yeah, you know, I, I, I was like, hey, that, I, I was at a stop sign, mm-hmm. and he was walking, uh, walking to a, a particular destination. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to you give it away. Say, okay, say okay, it. all right. And 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 I was like, that guy looks like Ron Perlman. And I was like, oh, it's because that guy's Ron Perlman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he looks a lot like himself. He, he does. Looks a lot like <laughs> just people like don't himself. look like people don't look like Ron Perlman. No, he's got like, a really distinct. He does. Look. Yeah. He really does. Yeah. Did you ever see the very first movie he ever did? I don't know what was the very first movie. Quest for Fire. Oh, yeah, I did. His very first yeah. movie ever. Really? Do you know this film? Yeah, no quest for fire. Yeah, I did. No He's in that movie. remarkably good in that film. Now I got to go back and see his Yeah, You have to. Ray Don Chong is yeah, in that I film. Think, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but what's so cool I about Ron is, and I don't fire. believe that I'm saying anything unkind because I don't mean to, but he does have a somewhat simian look about his brow, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was perfect for that piece because right. they were... Cavemen. Yeah. yeah. And so the fact that he kind of has, still has that 
skull shape. It was really cool. Was Ringo starring that? No, no, that, was, his, no that was no, that was caveman, caveman. with him Way and Barbara Bach. Yeah, that version. was different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the other version. No, of yeah, Quest for yeah. Fire. No, Quest for Fire is a wonderful film. Yeah, really, remember, basically yeah, about the layers of uh, how. Uh, uh, civilization kind of came yeah. to be and how uh, tribes, some were smarter than others and some had figured out actually how to create fire. He was of a tribe that was still having to keep fire burning in order to have fire. Right, right. So when they allowed it to in- extinguish, they were screwed and they had to find it again and that was what the whole story was about. Now, really when cool. the lady, by the way, saw Chubby Andrea Romano, yes. and I don't, Chubby's not negative to me. Um, it's Elliot, right? Yes, yes. Mm, yeah. Chubby is not a negative term for me. No. I like a lady with a little meat on her Okay, bones. good to know. Yeah. And also some muscle on her bones. Mm-hmm. Shirt, mm-hmm. tendons. Uh, yeah. Good, that's you know good. I mean. Some the skin is flesh. good. Skin. Skin. Yeah. Skin. Yeah. skin yeah. Yeah. Covering all yeah, of yeah. those yeah. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did she immediately take you out of that capizio and say, woman, it's time for the big times? She did not. Oh. But. <laughs> she didn't, but she it made me feel like a million bucks. It was the nicest thing that she remembered me. And, and what I would was doing, the play that she saw me in, was a play called Uncommon Women and Others. And it was written mm-hmm. by a woman named Wendy Wasserstein, mm-hmm. who was a very well-known playwright mm-hmm. who passed away not long ago. And what was really cool about that production was I played, it was an autobiographical play that she wrote about being in one of the seven sister schools. I think it was Mount Holyoke that she went to. And I was playing her role. I mean, I was oh, playing her. Playing her, right? Yeah. And um, and she was in residence while we did the play, so we, I could ask her questions and we could refer. And that was a really cool experience to work with a professional playwright wh- who could actually change lines for you if lines just weren't working, wow. or talk to you about why they sang this song. And, and there's a fabulous scene in that play that I loved so much that's kind of, that I used as a monologue after that to try to get further work, which is. This and she was a moneyed, not like me, but right. a moneyed no girl <laughs> who met some guy at some event and had a phone number. And there's this great monologue that takes place while she's in bed, and she calls this guy and embarrasses herself basically by saying, "We met at this," and and is trying to start something with this guy. And it's just this devastating scene where this woman just, oh. a young woman, starts with lots of hope and maybe I can, and by the end she is literally just weeping, weeping, oh, weeping yeah. in her bed and throwing her fur coat over her head because she's just so ashamed of herself. Oh. It's a great piece. Um, but that was that was the piece that this woman saw me in, oh. and she remembered me from it, which made me really happy. Uh, Elliot, we're going, yeah. to, we're going to move on to some voiceover stuff. Yes. And we're going to find out about her coming to yeah. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Working for the man, as yep. she likes to say, <laughs> and then becoming the woman. Yeah. But I know you like to do a commercial break. I do. I do like to do a commercial break. And I guess now is the time. It, Can where, I listen? Yeah. Oh, please. Okay. Yes, I hope you will. Okay. Uh, it's it's time for our sponsor break. Uh, today's episode of Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot is uh, responsible. Is, uh, is, is responsible. Today's yep. episode, I don't Take know two. what I'm talking about. Take two. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm being I'm directed by Andrea Romano. I'm a professional. Andrea Romano yeah. is directed. Yeah. Take a deep breath. All right. Okay. Center Anima- yourself. Today's episode Animaniacs. Yeah. Andrea Romano yeah. is directed. Center that, yourself. Yeah. Take a deep breath. And take two. Today's episode of Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot is brought to you by Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot. Um, if you are listening uh, and you have not hit that subscribe button, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. If you need to pause the show to do it, that's fine. 
but just then but then keep playing because we're about to get into Andrea's amazing uh, career as an animation uh, voice director. Um, the other thing that you can do to support the show, uh, aside from subscribing, is leave us uh, a star review or a star rating and a, a uh, uh, maybe even a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Why, not? Why wouldn't you Say if nice you things. could? Say nice things. Thank now, the, the number of stars, Gary, believe it or not, it's increased again. You, everybody thinks it's about? five stars, but the, the algorithm changed. How many? Uh, it's now it's, uh, 803. Uh, no, no, it was 805 last time. So it's 800, sorry, 823. That's 823 a lot stars. It's a lot of stars. It's a lot of stars. And That's as more you, stars than are in the sky. It's more stars that are in the sky. And people, as you know, because we've we've been saying this, we're not too proud to ask for all of them. So uh, because that helps us find great listeners like you. And now, back to the show. Nice. Nicely done. Thank you. I'm going to fast forward your life just a just a just Please, a tiny bit. Feel free bit. to do so. You're it's a very P- long you're, life. Sixty-four. In, it's a Sixty-four years. Just, just said almost. By the way, you said you had known someone for 40 years. Here's my deal. Once, when it's 39 years, uh-huh. I stop knowing them. Okay. I'm done with it. Oh, them. okay. 40 years is too long to know anybody. Uh-huh. Well, see, you're much younger than 39 I 39 years? When you get to be 64, you may say... Nope. I'm going to cut them off. That's it, huh? I'm done with them. Not just taking them, deleting them from when your contact When my son turns list? 39? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to say, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been you, nice. I've, long, I've known you long enough. That's really good. It's kind of, it's, you know what? I think I think you're being reasonable. Thirty nine is good. Thirty nine <laughs> yeah. is good for for you know, children. Years. Yeah. <laughs> um, when did you come to Los Angeles? Nineteen seventy nine. The year was so, nineteen seventy nine. Oh, so we are almost we're caught there. up we're to there. your life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we are. And did you meet? You, you were acting here. When did you? I, make I that? didn't do much acting here. I came here and I moved to San Diego. And the reason I moved to San Diego was I have. For lack of a better term, I call him my half-brother. He was a friend of my oldest brother who lived with us for many years. Mm. And so when he moved to San Diego, um, he would tell us these fabulous stories about what it's like to live in California and how fabulous it is. And, you know, friends would come back from some um, spring break and they'd be suntan and I'd be in like three feet of snow going, what Mm -hmm. the, where? And so I always thought that California was a place I would like to go. Mm -hmm. And then I found out not too many years ago that I was conceived. In Santa Monica. Oh, well, just that? saying, just so saying. Destiny. Mom and yes. dad, cross-country trip. Yep. Called you back. And never really had a career until I moved here. So I went to San Diego with literally $400 in my pocket, put all my stuff in my mom's attic. You saved all... You had 500 from that one job. <laughs> <laughs> she only spent the whole other time she was I living. lived it, I, in that yeah, whole yeah, year. Not bad, not bad. No, I'm thrifty. If nothing. You, you need if to nothing write a book else. called Doing the Village... For less than $100. For less than $100. In 1970. In 1970, yeah. But I, there was a $100 ticket. This is where the 100 bucks went. $100 ticket from JFK to LAX. Spent the 100 bucks on that ticket. Moved to San Diego, where no one told me there was no acting work. Yeah. There's the Old Globe, and there's San Diego Rep, and that's it. And so I did audition for everything that was around and got nothing and then decided to look for work in retail clothing because I had experience in that. And then I got this brilliant phone call from my dear friend Anthony Barneo, who I referenced earlier. Mm -hmm. And he was an agent in Los Angeles at that time and was at the Anwright Agency, which is defunct, doesn't exist anymore. And he said, uh, a friend has been in a car accident. They need a temp to replace her just for a, a short period of time while she recovers. And uh, at this voiceover talent agency, Abrams Rubeloff. It's a commercial talent agency, but voiceover 
exists in the commercial talent agencies. That's how it was at the time. And so I came up for an interview from San Diego, drove up to Los Angeles, my first time in Los Angeles ever. So we're in late 19, I think either late 1979 or early 1980. And um, the, I had always said while I was in New York, I am not going to make my living typing. When I would ask friends for help trying to get a job, they would say, how many words per minute do you type? And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to be a typist. And so the first thing, Don Pitts, the agent I was... But first of all, you didn't answer that question. What was the question? How many words per minute do you type? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't think I even got to the point where I could tell you okay. because I wouldn't do it. It's like, no. I'm okay. not going to even do a test. All right. I don't know what's what's normal like eighty. What's I don't even I, I couldn't even say. Was, I don't know. Elliot was prepared to offer you a typing job. <laughs> oh damn! You blew it. To well, us. it's so different now, isn't it? Because aside from like the IBM Selectric, which has a correctable thing, th- there were no computers yep. then, for God's yep. sake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, uh, Don Pitts, I interview with him. He's a great guy. I loved him. He was the voice agent. He just needed me there for a couple of weeks. And he said, okay, so will you just type this letter? Oh, he had a manual typewriter. Mm. And I made the mistake of hitting a tab and a tab and froze the carriage of the (laughs) typewriter, like wrecked his typewriter. And then he said, well, check with Susan Chico, who's downstairs. Now, Susan Chico, I actually knew. And so I went down. She had an IBM Selectric that had a correctable ink. And so mm-hmm. I typed a little letter. And he said, fine. And they gave me the job. It was a two- to three-week job as a voiceover agent assistant. Meanwhile, I start to find out what this voiceover thing is. Because really, if you're not in it, you don't really know what mm-hmm. that is. You know, there's yeah. no reason to know this. Right business Mm -hmm. and so I the first thing I did was take a voiceover class myself while I was doing this temp job I thought let me find out what this is so I took a class from a guy named M.G. Kelly Machine Gun Kelly he was a DJ in Los Angeles for years and I took a voice forever ago. This is a very long time ago. You see, I'm a well, very... there's a new rap. There's a rapper who's pretty modern named Machine Gun as well. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I'm just uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Who's a whitey white white yeah. guy? And then there was some yeah, a Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, there was a Machine yeah. Gun right. Kelly yeah. who was also a whitey white guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the actual Machine Gun Kelly. And and he was that? he taught a voiceover workshop, and it was like a six to eight week workshop. And at the end of it, you had a private class with him, and he created a demo for you. So you'd record all kinds of stuff, and I just loved it. But what was the key about it was I learned what the actors that I was representing as a voiceover agent's assistant, what they were going through in order to do a voiceover performance, which still requires acting ability. As you know, I feel so strongly about actors being the best voiceover people. Um, But it, it, it gave me this insight into what to say to actors about an audition. Mm-hmm. What do they need mm-hmm. to know? What's the most, what, what is the most material I can give them? What's the most information I can give them? So they booked the job. Mm-hmm. And so after three, four weeks, uh, I spoke with the girl whose job I was replacing, just temping for, and she told me, I'm not going to come back there. I'm going to go do something else. That person is Vanessa Gilbert, who has been a voiceover agent ever since mm-hmm. at multiple different places. Mm-hmm. And um, they franchised me at... Abram Zubalov as an agent. And so for a very short period of time, I was the youngest agent in Hollywood. I think I was 22 or 23 wow. years old. And I was representing incredible people, you guys. Paul Winchell, the vo- the original voice of Tigger on yeah. Winnie the Pooh. Um, and I'll tell you a really good Paul Winchell story. Um, Gene Moss, who was Smokey the Bear. Frank Walker, voiceover actor extraordinaire. Who won't June, stop. For, won't ever. June Foray, the wow. voice of Rocket J. Squirrel and Natasha. And all who only stuff. recently stopped. Only recently stopped because she 
stopped yeah. existing anymore. Yeah. But bless her heart, she wanted to work up till the very end. Talk she was about Mark, oh my lord. One of my favorite job perks of being her voiceover agent, because I did become an agent, was I would give her her appointments and I would say, June, yeah. Would you say goodbye to me as Natasha? Of course, darling. And she would do her <laughs> Natasha wow. for me. So I would constantly ask people to do their voices for me because why not? My guess is with your skill as an actress and as knowing the innards and outards, you can do a lot of people's characters. I, I've been known to. Yeah. I've, I've been known to. I've I don't do it could. as well as they do because yeah. what's hissing? This is my computer. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys don't have a hissing computer? I see you touching buttons <laughs> mine, over there once in a while. What is it that you're doing when you're pressing buttons? What's that? Guys, for people who don't know what happens here, my name is Gary Anthony Williams. Um, <laughs> Elliot has, wrote a book. He makes amazing drinks. My job is to record this podcast. Is that what I do for a living? No. <laughs> but not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Just like Andrea Romano, oh. I will. I am not a typist. Exactly. I am not a technician. I understand. But I've learned just enough to know how to get this damn Great. thing recorded. That's mm-hmm. all you need to do. Sometimes this beautiful computer of mine has hot. to breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's when what it, it is. Does, That's it exactly hisses. what it was. It was um, ventilating. It was wasn't ventilating it? itself. I I, yeah. I noticed that we're all dry as dust. What we are. Dry as dust. Now we can go if you. I don't know how much lemon juice. I love the way your voice cracks. It's really <laughs> cute. You could do a teenage boy on. I may have some fresh so lemons or some fresh That's limes right, yeah. in there, Elliot. Son of, I, we could walk down the street and rip off some. We lemons could, or we, or, or if we were feeling jaunty, we could you drink some prosecco. Drink some I'm, I'm or good for open that. Up okay. for, I'm or, good. Or open up a bottle of Kindred. Yeah, you guys tell me. This, I'll go uh, for a little all, more prosecco. We opened the bottle of prosecco. We don't want it to go flat, so let's drink the prosecco. We are Thank you very much. That was a lovely cocktail. What did you think? Oh, the cocktail. Oh, I enjoyed that. one. I like that too. And you, Gary? It, it was delightful. Have you it, had that before? It was a very no, never had it, never had it. It's a very I don't good think one, you've maybe. ever duplicated a single I try not to du- I try oh. not to duplicate on the show. Eventually, wow. we're going to do enough shows where I'm going to run out of, of May drinks I ask that are how in this many book. guests you've had? Uh, this is episode number 48. I think very we've cool. had well, we've had a 46 of, guests. We, cool. We've had well, we have a couple of guests with double they came back in them, like oh, a, oh, that's true. Well, like well, well, Fran, that's true. That's true. Uh, and then they, uh, the Boat Brothers, Peter and Paul. True, true. So and I, so it, so then I guess we. Tara Strong's friend just happened to be here. <laughs> from I the saw corner. you had Kari Walgren in the other day. Like, yeah, yes. she and I were meant to have dinner the other night, and the rainy night, whatever night that was, yeah. and she wasn't she feeling well. And she refuses when it's humid. <laughs> yep. She won't eat when it's humid. Well, it's no, funny, we again, were, you got to draw the line. We were talking about you on that show. We said uh, yeah, you. Yes, we were saying. Huh, lo- we so were saying dear. lovely things. Thank you very lovely much. Things. She's Gary, dear. You, yeah, I'll take a Scary talented. Scary talented. Oops, look at that. We're uh, pouring. We're pouring. We are, All right, yeah, good. We are. We're so now where were we? We were at Abrams Rubloff. All right, here we go. It will get less clear as we go along. Abrams <laughs> yeah. Rubloff. Yeah, I, I remember Abrams Rubloff. Here's a cool thing to tell you about the industry. And don't let me forget to tell you the Paul Winchell story. Paul um, Winchell. Abrams Rubloff. Um, it, all of the assistants answered the phones. There wasn't a receptionist. And so it was always, and it was a, the first building that I worked in was on Doheny and Beverly. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a house. It wasn't really an office building. And the top floor had like a balcony around it that looked down on what you would call the entryway or the foyer, if you will. And so everybody could hear each other, all the people, all the girls that worked as assistants, it was all girls. And you'd always hear, Im Rublov, please hold, Im Rublov, please hold, Im Rublov, please hold. 
First line's for Carol, second line's for Phyllis, third line's for Don Pitts. It was just, everybody would just shout out. It was just screaming. That Nobody used the intercoms. Wow. We oh, just screamed out stuff. <clears throat> it was so wild and crazy. I loved it. I loved that period of time. And Susan Chico was there. My dear friend Josephine Williams was there. We hired her as a receptionist. We finally did get a receptionist. We would do things like throw marshmallows down at her because we started with paper clips and then she said, ow! And so we started throwing marshmallows sure. instead. Um, but uh, it was, David Brady was there. The wonderful agents there. And Don Pitt's uh, recording director was Harvey Kalmanson, who now runs a casting Kalmanson service. Kalmanson and Kalmanson. Um, and we moved from that place on Doheny to right next to AFI up near Western yep. and mm-hmm. uh, and this is very cool. It was a it was a house. It was a beautiful mansion. It was lovely. Absolutely not zoned properly for this kind of business. Because you know, voiceover auditions happen all during the day. Yeah. Tons of cars come into place to park. It was a residential area, hilly residential right. area, not good for parking. And so eventually they did throw us out of there. Noel Rubeloff, who owned the agency, passed away during this time and I think if he had lived we would have stayed there we would not have he would have found a way to get us to stay there but mm-hmm. we had to we were in this fantastic mansion on the hill um, and that's where Harvey had his recording facility in the wine cellar oh wow. shut up it oh, was wow. really really cool that's a good it was place a really cool place it was beautiful up there um, I forget why I was going there and telling you about that you're not drinking. I have what to, because the minute that we leave here, I have to drive to Atwater Village and pick up my son. I understand. So <laughs> Thank you for that. You're most wise. You want some water? Oh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got my all bottle right, right here. Right. I'm just talking, thank you for taking care of me. I'm not going to stop drinking. I'm just going to no, tell just, you. Yeah, please. You yeah. are in an Uber. You don't See? have yeah. Exactly right. I have an event later. I'm going to Uber there. Do you? Yeah, I'm going to Uber it up. What do you got to do later? Hey, a movie I just wrapped. Having a wrap. mm. Oh, nice. Mm. Outlaw Johnny Black, it's called. Nice. Oh, that's your and where's Michael Jai White. We'll have Michael Jai, I'm seeing him. I just I just signed up for a Comic-Con I'm doing in Connecticut. I know it sounds ridiculous to be planning it now, but it's in August. And he's one of the guests as well, Michael okay. Jai White. Let's move Michael. straight to voiceover. Okay. okay. Uh, Let's did, go there. But, you didn't, but you didn't direct Michael Jai in Black Dynamite, right? They offered me the job, and we couldn't make a deal. Because you refused to work with... With black people. Oh, you don't know this, Elliot. <laughs> Here's the deal. Whenever she was directing the boondocks, the yeah. cast was predominantly black. Ed Asner is <laughs> not as black uh, as Marion Ross. Not as black no, as no, Marion Ross. No. Not as black as yeah. it could have been. But when it was time for the black people to come in, she would not direct that episode. Oh, interesting. She would I... she would storm out mm-hmm. every episode. Please yeah. hold. Please hold. And, May and I she, tell you that? She said, please hold. Please hold. <laughs> One of the very first boys I ever dated was this beautiful man, young man. Um, he was half Native American and half African American. Oh, wow. And he had the most beautiful milk chocolate colored skin. And his parents gave him the unfortunate name of Marlon Brando. You dated Marlon a, Brando. A light, you dated a black Native American named Marlon Brando? He was so beautiful. He had <laughs> he had black, blue hair. Did he have you know? to always go, I'm, I'm not that Marlon Brando? All the time. Wow. I lost track of him, too, and he was so dreamy. He was a basketball oh, player. Black he was Marlon just Brando. dreamy, I tells you. I'm pretty sure we can Google black Marlon Brando. And, <laughs> and he's going to pop But that up. was just mean of his parents. Because, you know, yeah, he's going to spend his life thinking. going, no, yeah, yeah, not, not that Not related. Yeah, no. Yeah. But he was dreamy. Goodness. So, yes, I love the black man. So you don't mind directing the black people? You know, I was so flattered when I was offered the gig of directing the Boondocks, and I was offered it from Dennis Cowan, who stopped working on the project very early on. And I remember asking him why he 
asked me to do it. And he said, because we'd worked on a series called Static Shock yeah. for years, and I'd worked with several other projects with him. And he said, in answer to why you want me to direct this, is I like the way you talk to black people. I, I don't know what that is. It, I don't I know what it you, is. I'm not even kidding you. Like when, folks, when she directs the boot, it's the most comfortable thing in the world. Thanks, because man. You give everybody. You. There's a thing about energy in voiceover. Like a lot of times, you guys would pair us up. Me and Witherspoon, we like yeah, yeah. we'd all be in the room together. But the times we weren't, when she's reading up against you to help you get the energy to your other line. Yeah. She's reading with that character's energy. She's reading with Regina King's energy or Cedric Yarbrough's energy or Witherspoon's energy to help you get to where you need to be in the performance. And there was nothing like that. When I first started working with her, I was like, from day one, it's like, this lady is terrific. <laughs> Thank you. And I tell people, and there are a lot of voice directors I love, a yeah. lot of them. There's nobody in this business better than you Thank are. And I you. mean nobody. And oh, you've heard nice. me say this on the show. I have I have heard you you've say heard that. other I, voice I've heard other actors. voice directors say oh, that. Nice. Nobody is yeah. better Thank at you. what they do. And yeah. it's Thank so cool you. today understanding your background yeah, and where yeah, you came from as an actress. Right. And then and you know what? taking that class, yes. like getting digging in there. That was key. And also being an agent made a difference and, and because that makes me kind of opinionated when an agent would screw up and I knew they were screwing up. Yeah. They didn't know that I know what an agent does to yeah. get the job done. Right. And so I was able to say, like when an actor would, I get a response about a, a, an audition or a callback and they'd say, I can do that voice better at two in the afternoon than at 10 in the morning. Can I get an afternoon appointment? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want you to get the audition. Let me make that switch if I can for you. Mm -hmm. Also, we're in Los Angeles. It's a city of cars. Parking is a major consideration. Mm -hmm. We didn't have Uber back in the mm -hmm. day. And so when they'd say, I can't make it from that audition to that callback in an hour and a half from Santa Monica to the middle of Hollywood, give me, otherwise I'll walk into that audition sweaty and you know freaked out. And yeah. I, I understood that. They need the time to focus, get themselves together, and then give the best audition yeah. they can. And so the acting and agenting only informed my casting and directing. So what was the first job you got hired as casting director on? I was the casting director at Hanna-Barbera for five and a half years. Holy crap. <laughs> what, what were they doing at that Smurfs, point? Smurfs, snorks. Uh, and this was the time when all the Sports. shows were Sports. small, uh, younger versions. So it was Popeye and Son, Pink Panther and Son, yeah. a pup named Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. all yeah. these things that were the young, and it all became uh, that all came into being because of the success of the Muppet Babies, right? Mm -hmm. Which was a show I didn't work on, but that was you know animation does that when yeah. something hits and is really good everybody rushes copies. to right. exactly yeah. and um so that's where it was at that point and i uh i was fortunate to work with my mentor gordon hunt who was the voice director at hanna barbera and i was there for five and a half years and i got that gig in such a cool way i had when when i was an agent and my clients would get booked on um cartoons, I would occasionally ask, can I come and watch my client work? And they'd go, oh, sure, come on. And so I would sit and watch these episodes record. And I'd watch Gordon Hunt move through a session so fast. And I realized that what that, why that was is if you don't keep that energy up during a mm -hmm. recording session and you let it die, 
it translates into the vocal track Mm -hmm. and it becomes plodding and deliberate and not organic. And then because we record the voices first and then it's animated, everything that goes forward from there takes that energy with it. And so if you don't have it happen and then it's never going to be a good cartoon. And so I learned a lot from Gordon Hunt. Brilliant. It's that energy thing that I was talking about. Like yeah. you bring that energy. Absolutely. And well, and you mentioned that, and that makes me laugh because one of the first sessions I did was was with Kevin Michael Richardson, and we were picking him up separately. He was not available for the group record, and we did try to do some ensemble record, but the Boondocks was particularly hard because everybody was a working actor on camera, and to get them all in the room at the same time was practically impossible. And so Kevin came in, and I'd known Kevin for years and years. He'd worked on many series with me, and he's we're at. Uh, Salami Studios, Salami Studios, and he's across the glass from me on the other side of the glass, and I, as always, read the actors in, and I say, okay, Kevin, your line, the first line you have is line 15, I'll read you in. Okay, so the character before you says, yo, nigga, what's up, where the hoes at? And I'm waiting for Kevin to do his line back, and it's silent. It's absolutely silent. For the first time ever, I saw him nonplussed. He actually could not speak, and I looked up to see what was the problem, and he, and I said, it's because I said nigga, isn't it? And he said, yeah. That, uh, that's the whole thing. So if anybody knows the boondocks, that show. My sister 57 once, times in one episode we had to oh, say that word. Wow. My sister once called me and said, Gary, I love the boondocks, but do you have to say nigga so much? And it was, was like, crazy. I was like, yeah, I do. Like, that it is was. literally a word I've never, like my son has never heard me say no. that word <laughs> no. at all at no. home. But it's like, it's the show. Exactly. And so then when I'm across... On the other side of the glass from Andrea Romano and, Romano, and she's giving me what would normally be some other character that I'm talking to. And it's like, it was so good, so instantly. <laughs> it was like, it was such an ease. I can't even describe it. Like, I, yeah. I learned how to say that That's word. So, I had to learn how to say it. I, the, it, it the, the key is oh, get rid of the R, you've got, first of all. Don't first ever, of, ever one, say the R. You've got to teach a class teaching racists how to say the word. <laughs> Because if racists could say it more easily, if they could say we'd it better. Hey, that's yeah, a good idea. Like, I don't want them to ever say um, that. I don't know that it's, that's... It was so weird. I know my parents were spinning in their grave to hear me say those words. Yeah. But, um, it's in the script. It's what you, it is what you should be doing to get the actors to where they absolutely, need to be. Absolutely, absolutely. What are you going to say? And, and yeah. how many times did Spoon say, it was written for him, nigga hush. Yeah. That was just like his catchphrase. That was his thing. And so if he wasn't in the session, I had to read it in, I had to say it. Yeah. Um, and That's I remember so, so well working with Samuel Jackson, which was so cool to have him yeah. on the series. Um, and I see him every once in a while and I always have to reintroduce myself to him. And he goes, why don't yeah. you hire me more often? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, he, that, that's um, a person who does not work very often. No, I know, I know, I know. He's just sitting around. I know, just twiddling thumbs. No, or nothing, nothing. And he, but he likes voiceover. He really digs it. And the first thing I ever had to do with him was a um, uh, say what again scene from Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah. And yeah. I had to play the other character, yeah. and it was just so fun to act that scene like three times. But then we had the episode about. And again, forgive me. Nigga technology. Yes, I do. And and the scene started with uh, it was um, Charlie Murphy's line, and he reads the reads his line coming into it is so I'm at the I'm at the strip club, or I'm at the titty bar. I think he's I'm at the titty bar, and I had to do check my whatever, and so it starts that way, and then Samuel Jackson. His lines come in and we're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so we play the scene once and then you play it twice at least. And then you say, do you want to do something different? You want to do a third run just for the heck of it? Sure, let's do it again. And I said to him, do I need to read you in with the titty line again? And he goes, 
please. (laughs) (laughs) I think he just liked seeing a white girl say titty. (laughs) He was just great. I'm not even a titty lover, but I didn't hear somebody say titty. It was very fun. But um, all the people, remarkable people who worked with on that show, my God. But we jumped way ahead. Let's go back. No, no, no. We don't have to to go anywhere. But just speaking of remarkable, uh, okay. I watched the Smurfs when I was a, a young man. Sure, yeah. Somewhere yeah. around this house, I have a collection of the little Smurf figurines. If I didn't do you remember how tall all. they are? How tall is a Smurf? I don't know. I don't Three know. apples high. Oh, Three apples wow. high. Wow. I, yeah, I don't remember that. that. Yeah, yeah I, I really did work that. on that show. Gargamel. Mm-hmm. Gargamel was Paul Winchell. So, Paul Winchell, let me tell you my Gargamel quick. May I? Winchell. May okay. I tell my quick Paul Winchell story? Please. I was a huge Paul Winchell fan as a kid. He was a ventriloquist on the Winchell and Mahoney show, and he was very famous and he was fantastic. One of the only people that was really, really, uh, uh, you know, Charlie McCarthy, of course. Charlie McCarthy? Right. Yeah, well, yeah, Charlie yeah, McCarthy yeah. was right. it. Yeah. And, and Paul Winchell, and then Jay Johnson from Soap. You might remember him. Well, Charlie right. McCarthy was the was He was the, the, right. he was the right. puppet. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Winchell and Mahoney. Mahoney, Mahoney was the puppet. With Paul Winchell and Mahoney was a puppet. And uh, when I first came to Abrams Rubloff, he was the first, one of the first celebrities, if you will, that I got to meet in person. Unfortunately, it was the time of the leisure suit, and he had embraced that wardrobe. I have, and he was still wearing a brown I, I have one. leisure No. I'll, t- I'll tell you my leisure suit story. Right, okay, right, it's okay. next. And so there he was in a brown leisure suit. It didn't make me lose any respect for him. I was still <laughs> so impressed to meet him. Uh, so I meet him, and he's, he does. He, I tell him how what a fan of his I am. Cut to a couple years later, I'm now directing at Disney TV Animation, and I'm directing Winnie the Pooh, and he's there as Tigger, right? And so I would get to chat with him then. It's a different level because I'm directing now. And then Paul tells me about the fact that he's been working on this medical device, and it's finally gotten the patent it's a valve for the artificial heart. Wow! Wow! Paul Winchell created the valve for the artificial heart. Tigger? So we're talking. Yes. So we're talking true genius. But where he made his money, you guys, was he went to the people who had the rights and owned the film on reels of the Winchell and Mahoney show, which was a black and white kids entertainment, and he offered to buy it from the, I don't even know what studio it was that owned it. And they had some bad blood. Something was wrong there. And they wouldn't sell it to him. And the guy in charge who had this vendetta said to his staff, pull the film off the reels and reuse the reels. Wow. And so they did. And Paul sued them. We're talking about approximately, I would say, 1980, mid-1980s. I don't know the actual year. And he sued them and won $20 $20 million wow. in the mid-1980s. And wow. they just did it just out of spite. spite. Just spite. Wow. And so what would happen after that point was, because he was eccentric, I would call for him when I was at Disney TV and say, I need Paul for an episode of Winnie the Pooh as Tigger on the blah. The agent would say, we don't know where he is. He disappears for months at a time now. <laughs> we think he's in the middle of China now. And I thought, well, that's damned inconvenient. But if I had $20 million, yeah. I probably sure. would be any damn place the, I wanted yeah, to. I'd go to the middle of China. And one of my favorite other Paul Winchell stories is I also hired um, Jonathan Winters to play Grandpa Smurf. So there was Papa Smurf, who yeah. Don Messick played, yeah. and then Grandpa Smurf. I hired Jonathan Winters. 
which was one of the joys of my life, was to sit and let him just... I always booked an extra half hour to the session. He's because Mr. I knew Riff, right? He would just go, and I'm not going to stop him. I wanted him to tell the stories. And then I'd find him a half hour after the session completely entertaining the janitorial staff, huh. just like telling more and more yeah. stories. But I'll never forget the day that Paul Winchell... And Jonathan Winters decided to talk about their electroshock therapy that they both had undergone and what it was like to be on those metal tables and what would happen to their body physically. It was just like, I make what? the Smurfs. And what I'm hearing from my two, two of wow. my main actors is about their electroshock therapy because wow. they, they, were they, 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 they were loony. They were both a little off. But... Hand in hand with genius, right? Right. You can, right? You can yeah. be off and be genius, that uh, and they were, and they were, and they literally were. And, yeah. and when I say genius about Paul Winchell, I mean we all know Jonathan Winters was the genius he was, but Paul Winchell, most people don't know about the artificial heart. No, no, I. But heard really, that where before. he made his money was in the lawsuit for losing it. Wow, I certainly. Look, look, I've invented a lot of artificial body parts, and that's what you guys don't know about. I'm not trying to say I'm a genius. I don't yeah, know this about you. But you know, like how um, certain animals can swim in a lake and they have a fake eye. Lid that goes yes, down over yeah, the eye. Yeah. Seals as well, yeah. I, I invented one of those for humans. Oh. Yeah. When does that I'm come wearing to market? One, I'm wearing one now. Oh. Are but you? What, but, but you're but underwater. You guys could throw... But I never know when it's going to flow. Oh, okay. So we could fling our drinks you at you and it wouldn't bother you? No burning? my wide open eyes. Good to know. And I would be fine. Oh, that right. is good. very good. Uh, start it with in the Smurf. Smurf. You did say Smurf. The Smurf. I don't mean to like bust you on that, but Smurf, yes. I start. You started in the Smurf. World. Uh, in the Smurf world. I did. Smurf world with yes. Hanna-Barbera. True that. I'm going to quickly read down some of, <gasps> some of your questions. Do you have my like, IMDb no, page or I something? I have your IMDb, but I'm, right now I'm just going to look at your bio right Kay. here. Kay. And it doesn't go in any particular order, right? Mm -hmm. You got DuckTales on here. DuckTales. I've heard Ooh. of that. Yeah. You got Chippendales. Heard of that. Rescued Rangers, yes. Yeah. I, Correct. Which I watched. Even did as, you? I, 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 I'm a cartoon fool. Uh, Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. the, okay, here's where you here's where yeah, you yeah. really made a difference yeah, yeah. in my life, which is when you got into Tiny Toon Adventures, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain. Yep, that shit is the bomb. Thank and you. All of that stuff holds up. 100%. Doesn't it? I know oh, yeah. it does still. Yeah. Well, Amazing. That, and, and, they're bring, and they're bringing it back. And yeah, yeah, Batman. Yep, yep, the yep. animated oh. series as a comic book guy. Okay, Batman. Like that was the best. The like the best watch, animated best. Watched uh, it every yeah. day. Thanks, watched it. Yeah. Watched thanks, it. you guys. Always. Neat, yep. neat. Love that. I I believe I got that job for Batman, uh, because Bruce Tim and I worked together on Tiny Toons. He was a storyboard artist, mm -hmm. and when they came to him, knowing his huge DC universe world that was playing in his head, want to do a Batman? He said yes. The only voice director he knew was me. Wow. And so I lucked into that job. And what a world that opened for me. As a matter of fact, I mean, guys, that wasn't this is the so only cool. Batman you I'm, I'm sorry. I did a, a ton yeah. of them. A yeah. ton, ton, ton. And I'm so glad we can say swear words. Because um, mostly <laughs> you, I, you I do stuff for kids. You broke the shield with niggas. Well, <laughs> <laughs> nothing we I was doing a read-in, and that's where that came from. Yeah. But um, uh, I learned, I mean, Bruce Tim is a walking encyclopedia of DC, of the DC universe. And so I got the opportunity to start there with Batman the Animated Series and then Justice League and Superman and Teen Titans and all those DC. Wow. But I needed to have like a, a, a professor of sure. DC, you know, who is Red Tornado and what, why, why, what mm -hmm. does he do and what. Mm -hmm. So 
when these characters would show up, I'd say to Bruce Tim or Paul Dini or Alan Burnett or any of those guys working on the show, I need some background. You guys read these comic books from the time you were 10 years old. Women my age didn't read those kinds of comics if we read comics at all. We were reading romance comics and Archie and, mm-hmm. you know, Reggie, mm-hmm. what is his name? Archie and what? Yeah, the, the, the guys from yeah. Riverdale. Yeah. What is that? The Archies. That Archie, Reggie, Petty, Reggie. and Veronica. It was, it was yes. the Archies, right? Well, well that, that was their band. That was their band, was the their Archies. Band. It was Betty and Veronica. Uh, Archie. River- just what Archie. was it? Just Archie. It was yeah, Archie. Yeah. It was yeah. Betty and Veronica. Okay. There yeah. was, yeah. Uh, Archie. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, thank, but thank you, I, I didn't, we didn't, girls didn't, <laughs> girls didn't read that. And we certainly didn't read Batman. We certainly didn't read Batman yeah. comics or the, those action comics. So I had to learn this from people who did and right. knew that history. But what was so cool about Bruce Tim was because my experience had, with Batman had only been the Adam West series, which was a very comic, yeah. comical version of that mm-hmm. show, of that, uh, of that comic strip. Um, so we wanted to make a dark Batman, a really dark, and, yeah. and that began with wow. using black paper as the background instead of using white paper and coloring it oh, dark, wow. I didn't know which that. was really cool. Um, that was Eric Radomski's idea, and he was genius with that. And then um, changing, because a lot of my work had been with the sillier cartoons. Maniacs, Pinky in the Brain. What was that transition It was like? weird, because when you watch the first few episodes, you'll see they're still a little bit cartoony. It took a little while to figure out what Bruce Tim was trying to do Mm -hmm. and how he wanted a much more filmic, if you will, Mm -hmm. version of it and a darker version. And so what was great was it opened up to a bunch of actors that really hadn't done this work, whether it was Michael Ansara or Malcolm McDowell or Roddy McDowell, to get the McDowells in there, and lots and lots of wonderful on-camera actors who didn't have a lot of experience with it because we weren't going to ask them to do the Smurfs. We weren't going to ask them to do Animaniacs. They didn't have to do three voices. They needed to just do their character. And that was absolutely joyous. And then I sort of became this DC, um, not expert, but I began to be the go-to DC director. So all the movies, I did like 24 movies for them. And um, just now, uh, about a week ago, I did a, a... four or five hour interview and they're going to do a DC Universe special about me. Shut up! First of all, that makes that's amazing and also makes total sense. It's so because cool! That's what, because you are synonymous I, with that entire animated, DC animated universe. Isn't that wild? It, it's that, pretty that, that's freaking a amazing. Woman, a woman, it? first of all. That's nuts. It was nuts. Who did yeah. not read those comics when I was a kid. I had to learn all about it later. And of course I've read a bazillion of them. Now I know a lot. I know more than any 64-year-old woman should know about <laughs> the DC universe. I don't know much about Marvel. I, I don't. I, I fail. I think you're going to be okay. I like not, DC. No, I, I like think the you're DC gonna, I, Look, I'm a fan of both of them. Uh, but I think you're going to be okay Thank not you. knowing much about Marvel. Thank you. Thank uh, Elliot, we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. So I'm, I want to okay. move into what? something that was amazing. So we get, uh, I don't remember if it was a call or an email from Andrea going, I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. And the voiceover world was like, what is happening now? And then there was a huge party. Was it at Titmouse? Yes. At Titmouse. Yeah. Our dear friend Chris Pronosco. Well, that's, that's, that's who I heard Chris it from. That's who I heard it from. That's who I heard it from. And I just remember, I remember everybody was like, well, Andrea Romano's retiring, and I said, and everybody, and I had never, I had never had the pleasure of getting to work with you, and and I and I said, what? 
And and although although you worked, I was I, I worked at Amazon for for several years, okay. and I uh, the last year I was there, I was the I was a production exec, kind of uh, helping to oversee production for uh, Nico and the Sword of Light. Oh, which such you, a good which show, you, which you directed. Golly. And so and Kari Walgren in yeah, the second Cari, season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kari's in there, and I and so I, I but I I never I didn't. I didn't. There was. I was like. I. I wasn't going to insert myself into going. There was already some people at the recordings. Like voice directors to, in general. Thank yeah, you I, for I, that. I just didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. What yes. was I going to offer? I mean, other than just being there, just for 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 my own would have been pleasure. Uh, would have been welcome. You know, but I just thought I don't. I don't need to get in the way. Thank you. And um, uh, but other than that, but we never had a chance to get to that. But I remember everybody was it was just so like, well, this is like kind of the end of an era. That wow. because and because because what because. I mean, everybody says you're the greatest voice director who ever ever lived. Like Mark Hamill was there. Like everybody was at this party. Like everybody was there. And like, what is? She had kind of explained. My friend Nathan Fillion was there. Yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. It, it, It was. It was. It's like that thing. Like if you died, you would never know all the people who you would like. I'm sure they liked me. Right. But this is her still living. Eulogy. Seriously, living e- eulogy. It was wild. It was like be- being at your own eulogy. That's People were talking. Amazing. And you retired because I developed something called anterior ischemic optic neuropathy. It sounds sexy. It's. I wish. Over a three-day period, my left eye went blind. Oh wow! And the doctors that I was seeing, which were all experts, fortunately, this is a city with lots of medical experts, and the Jewel Stein Eye Center at UCLA in Westwood really great people. Uh, but they looked at my one eye and said, okay, well, that's never going to get better. And there's a 40% chance that within three to five years, it will affect your other eye, which means there was a potential for me to go blind. Wow. The good news is, as I told you the other night at the mm-hmm. Boondocks reunion, was um, the most recent doctor I've been working with, who's a neuro-ophthalmologist, said he anticipates only a 15% chance of my other eye being affected ever. Oh, wow. Which is way better. They're way better. But um, because I work in a dark, cold recording studio eight hours a day when I'm working, and then many, many hours of prep in addition to that, I thought if I spend the next three years in that dark faci- facilities um, and and don't go see places I want to see and beauty that I want to see and then go blind, I will resent that forever. So I decided to retire. And everybody has been so kind ever since. But I have been traveling the world. That was the thing. So so she says, I'm going to retire. I'm going to go see things while I can see them. I'm going to see the world. And then I went to a party of yours. And you had been, at at that time, I think maybe you were just fresh from Thailand. And Vietnam and Hong Kong, which thank God I went before the craziness that's going on now in Hong Kong. But is something going on? Yeah, a little (laughs) something. And then we spent a month in Tuscany. Oh, Oh, dear God. God in heaven, what? lovely lovely times those were and um and we just went recently because this is so ridiculous we've traveled the world never had spent any time in chicago oh that's a great city in nine days we spent in september the american beautiful chicago. weather the american we, chicago yes okay. and it's heaven it's a wonderful city with food and yeah. art and beauty Rogerio, my husband described it as it's kind of like new york but with nicer people 
<laughs> which is really accurate, I think. My wife's from Chicago. It's a really neat city. It's a great. I've, it's really... Yeah, we, we actually don't get back there very often, but I but the I but, and and when we have gone, it's been winter. Well, that's so it. was one springtime. That's it. One spring visit. That There's I got a finite period was, of time you can go. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Spring and fall. Yeah. Because the summers are brutal and the winters are god awful. Yeah. And I knew what that was like because Coldest of Fredonia. Time. So yeah. I just was like, no, Coldest no. I've ever, I went to school in upstate New York. I, I, Where? In, in Ithaca. Oh at, yeah, at yeah, Ithaca yeah. You know, you know. And so, so I know. But the coldest I have ever been. I'm a, is that yeah. banging on the it table? Is, and is we're it, all natural is it, here, buddy. Okay. Um, Once cold, again, I engineer this show. Yeah, yeah. The fact that that's all you hear is banging on the table, we're going to okay. that's, that's kind of what I was hoping we're gonna for. Kind of okay. The coldest I have ever been Chicago? was one Christmas in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, Christmas yeah. in Chicago. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, I would it was go there amazing. but never go outside. Yeah. Never. Is there a country song called Christmas in Chicago coldest if, I ever been is Christmas if not I we spent. might have an opportunity I, no, here and ladies and gentlemen saying. you know I always decline to sing on this show and no, now you know it. why <laughs> no that sounded legit buddy. Yeah. Christmas in Chicago um, but yeah yeah cold, well, cold great city great but we've been traveling to like it's one of those things and I mentioned this to you the other night as well which is when the opportunity arises that you feeling like you'd like to retire and maybe you could embrace it because it's it's this thing of like last year I got a phone call saying it's your brother's seventy fifth birthday we're gonna celebrate it in Washington D C where he worked for so many years do you can you possibly go now two years ago I could not have possibly because I worked all the time now the answer is almost always yeah I that's, can be there wow. we great. can go there we can go spend and as a matter of fact we'll extend our trip for another week and go to the other part of Washington that we never saw like Georgetown and all right. that stuff and so that's absolutely joyous these days we are traveling and seeing the world and going to every art show and every museum and seeing it, beautiful things because it could still happen I could still lose yeah, vision in this but eye. it almost seems like everybody should take many reti- many M-I-N-I retirement breaks every year and live like she's doing if you can afford it. Sure. Let's pretend that I'm retired for, it's not just a vacation. For a month. For a month. Yeah, yeah. For, a month, a month. for a month out of every year. Let me just pretend that I'm retired. That'd be great. Most yeah. Europeans do this. Yeah, that's We're yeah, just do. terrible. They have, they that's have the, true. They we have are, long yeah. We're ridiculous. We maybe take two weeks a year. Yeah. And, and if you think about what a vacation is, it takes three days to sort of come down from the energy of working. Yep. Then you get a couple of days of actually relaxing and being in the vacation mode. And then there's the anticipation of going back. back. The right. punishment, yeah. vacation right. punishment. Right. And so if you only take a week, you're maybe going to get three days yep. of actually mm-hmm. vacation energy. Sure. So first of all, take at least two-week vacations if you can. No. But I get it. When you're an actor yeah. and a performer and you're – in a production no. schedule. You Not can't. anymore. I'm going to no. start. I don't care what it costs Voiceover me. is very forgiving. Voiceover will fit yeah, you in. Like, yeah, we'll get you in next week. On camera, they can't. No. Uh, you know, we can splice a performance in right. voiceover-wise. Yeah. You can't with an on-camera performance. You have to be in that scene with for the two-shot with, yeah. with the other person. Now, with that said, will you consider... Now, I, don't, I did not hear this conversation the other night. A lot of people know that the Boondocks is talking about coming back. Yep. This is a selfish thing for me. Yep. Would you consider just taking a little time to come back and direct the boondocks if opportunity arose? I would love to. The truth of it is, any project that I have worked on before already has a lot of that 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 foundation work set. It's already a lot of the hard work is done already. We know what Uncle Ruckus sounds like. We mm-hmm. know what Huey and Riley sound like. We don't have to work on creating right. that, but. We mentioned this, we talked briefly about this the other day. 
in front of Aaron Magruder. Yeah, the, the Korean. The genius yeah. that is Aaron Magruder, who I was so happy to see. Yeah. And he didn't seem to spark to it. But so, I, I didn't. I, I literally I started the conversation, but I didn't know exactly what was happening. It didn't, yeah. and maybe he didn't wasn't you know focused on it and didn't really hear it. But I, I would not do it without his a hundred percent desire to have me be a part of it. I would love to do it. You know, the thing is, the truth is, it's it's going to take a major financial situation to take me out of retirement because yeah. I'm really liking you like, it. You like it? You like it? Do you know what I do lately. every day? Anything I want. That's pretty lovely. Wow. That's very nice. For years, people had control of my life. Wow. They did. Monday through Monday, because I recorded on Saturdays and Sundays. If I wow. couldn't get Nathan Fillion on a weekday and he was willing to work mm-hmm. on a Saturday, I'd record him on a Saturday. Right. If your schedule only allowed you to record yeah. at 7 o'clock at night, that's when I would be there. And so for you know a good solid 30 years, that was my schedule. I'm going to start saying, guys, i got to take a Romano. Oh, I, I like back, that. Yeah. I, I like that. Back, I, I, I want to say I get one a thing. Brazilian guy. <laughs> and we just, I think that's the way to go. A Brazilian guy and a pencil. Yeah. And nice. we just travel the world and drive. That's nice. the way to go. I want to say one thing because I know we're running out of time probably, but I, I, I loved my career. I loved all the people that I got to know. The friends that I made in the industry uh, are my friends for life. But I was blessed that I was surrounded by remarkably talented people mm. because I demanded that. I just, I didn't want, want to work with someone who was just meh. Then again, there were people who I could see the potential in and mm-hmm. waited and worked and like an Eric um, Bauza yeah. who oh, was Bowser. a, who was originally a, a an animator working I, in I the hired, industry. I hired him. As an, anim- and, as an animator. And yeah. he, That's how I got to know him. And he um, wanted so much to be in the voiceover part yeah. and, and was really good at voices, <laughs> but had to learn how to act. Yeah. And I don't mean behave, I mean act. Yeah. And, and behave. He's and behave, guy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he learned, it was an amazing process to watch him go through that. And I think he absorbed it from being with other very good actors and realized that it wasn't going to just be good enough to do voices, which is great fun at a party. But you want to be hireable, which means you have to be able to act. And all the people I worked with over all those years were all good actors. That was the one demand I made. But what the point I wanted to make was, which is kind of cruel and selfish, um, I don't think there can ever be another Andrea Romano because the industry has changed so much Mm. that it doesn't allow for someone like me to do 11 projects simultaneously, which is just being an animation ho, I, was just I just didn't yeah, know I was how to say no. Wondering about that because I mean I know I know a few uh, I know a few animation dra- uh, or voice directors, directors like yeah. like Sam Regal who, who yeah. does do he does, a lot yes, does do he a does lot, a lot of shows he does a lot and so and Sam and I worked together quite a bit and so I was just wondering like how like how. how how did you handle that well, much? Well, being an insomniac helped a lot. Okay. The fact that I didn't sleep wow. more than four hours a day helped oh, a lot. Oh. So they would be uh, on uh, Tuesday afternoons, they would send me a storyboard for SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. And my Wednesdays were Ben 10 in the morning and SpongeBob in the afternoon. So the only time I could prep that script, because I would get home from a full Tuesday at 7.30 at night and go, okay, there's my storyboard for tomorrow afternoon session. I'm in session all morning. I have to prep this at 4 o'clock right. in the morning. Oh, it's the yeah, only yeah. time I have. And wow. my husband tells the greatest story about waking up, just hearing me laugh downstairs at the kitchen table as I'm paging through SpongeBob storyboards, just going, this is so hilarious. Yeah. This is so funny. And laugh, laugh, laugh. And then I used to call it my Ben Bob day because it was Ben 10 in the morning and Bob, SpongeBob in the afternoon. 
Ben Bob. So your your level of energy though, just to be able to do just those two shows, because those those are very. I mean, everybody's watched SpongeBob. Everybody's watched Ben Ten. The the so much energy so in much, those shows. Yeah. So, so your level of energy huge. Had to be, like, had had to be like, like, was, like, like, at least like, matched. Yeah, that was part of the problem as far as trying to get sleep. Yeah, is I would come home from a day of directing from nine till one and two to six. Yeah, and then returning phone calls and dealing with all the stuff I had to do for the next day, and then it would be nine o'clock, maybe ten, and just to shut down. Yeah, to come down. From it that. just it doesn't happen quickly. Yeah, right. And so maybe by ten, eleven, twelve, maybe by midnight I would get to sleep. Yeah. And then I was awake at four. Wow. Hey. Uh, uh, you did Batman, uh, Bat, the Dark Knight Returns. Returns? I okay. did. Uh, I just have to. <laughs> you were, and you were you were the mutant leader in that. Yes. yes. But here, here's the funny part. Right when we were doing that, you were also doing the other Batman with uh, um, with a uh, Batman Beyond, perhaps. Yeah, with uh, with Diedrich. Diedrich. Yeah. Oh yeah, with that was uh, Brave and the Bold. So okay. I was doing that at the same time, and then you hired me to do. That one, I never in my mind realized I was doing a separate series until you said, oh, by the way, the movie's about to come out. And I was like, what movie? And then you said, Dark Knight. And only when she said that did I realize, oh, my God, what have I been doing? I thought I was just doing. And I kept going, why am I going back in for this episode so many <laughs> it's a movie. times? This yeah. is a di- and I didn't know I was doing something different. Well, there you go. Now, that's as a voice actor. Then I must, Then I go, you were doing, like you're talking about, 20 different things yeah, all astounding. at once. How do you keep those separated? And the, the time, answer is don't sleep. I w- exactly. And wow. At the time, I was very uh, focused and organized. I could not do that right now because I'm, you know, mostly drunk. You're in vaca- and, and, and vacation. Uh, well, you know. You I, showed up drunk. I, well, no, I thought about that, though. You didn't show up drunk. <laughs> she she I didn't show up drunk, it. but halfway through, oh. she was spaced. Sending her home well, now. Well, what are you going to do? But you were awesome in that movie, by the way. You were terrific. No, and I love that me. film. No, truly, Peter Weller was our Batman in that, and he was crazy good. Yeah. And um, it was such an interesting project because all those movies, those 24, 25 movies I did, they constantly were saying, we want a new Batman. It's like, you know yeah. what? It was really hard to cast Batman the first time. Now I'm into time 17 of wow. finding another Batman. That's and tough. so I would just keep a list of the people that we wanted but weren't available or whatever. We couldn't work it out. And maybe we can this time. But Diedrich Bader was an awesome Diedrich Batman. Bader's awesome Batman so for fun. me. I loved him. So Especially fun. because that was a, a more com- comedic Ep, uh, series. Then he still has not been on the show, by the way. And he keeps threatening to be on the show. He keeps threatening. Well, he hasn't been on him. Screw, screw. You know what? Screw him. Nah, I still want to have him on the show. Never. I mean, on. he didn't let me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. Unscrew him. Okay. okay very okay, good. Very good. Okay. His kids. Ahead, his kids. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick story about that. Yeah, on yeah. Uh, Brave and the Bold, he would occasionally bring his son Sebastian yeah. to the sessions, who would sit next to the producer James Tucker, and they would draw and create new villains together. That's fun. It was really cool. Oh, I remember. And Diedrich several times there. has thanked me for bringing his son into that world where he was feeling because his son is different. He's not the average elementary school, junior high school student. He wears wonderful costumes. He can wear a bowler hat and a cane, and he looks like Bat Masterson. He's fantastic. (laughs) But that doesn't always fly with every middle school student. And so I embraced him because I loved that he had this personality and this theory. And I actually thought about borrowing a 
walking stick from him the other day because he's got a collection of about 20 walking sticks. But this kid is so cool. And he, Diedrich thanked me for giving him a home on Thursday afternoons to come and play. And James Tucker adored him. He was like, that's a very good villain. We should find some way to put that villain into the show. It was very cool. It was very cool. I'm going to, we got to let it go. Yeah. I I just want to remind everybody just some of the ridiculous amount. Okay. And then I have a question. I have a closing question. Okay. No, no, go ahead. You do your thing. And then I'll do do mine. I'm literally just ticking down, like, really quickly. Nico and the Sword of Light. Neat. Voltron, legendary defender. Woo-hoo. This is starting with some of the little big awesome. Oh yeah. World of Warcraft, Adventures of Puss in Boots, Great Voltron. Show. All I want, oh, I don't. All I want for Christmas is you. I, I don't want. To talk I about know. That. I directed uh, Mariah Carey. I can't talk about you. Wow. Doing awesome. That. I won't talk about that. Right. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that animated series. Yes. Uh, Turbo Fast. I think I did some of those. I think you did too. If I'm not mistaken. I think you did too. Uh, Justice League, Batman versus Robin, Legend of Korra, which we, we, oh, we yeah. talked about yeah. before yeah. on nice here with show. her. Nice show. And it, it, it's look, look at look at that. Uh, That's a lot. I, I mean, I can. That's a lot. I'm literally lot. flipping down the. Go on, the go I, look her, look up Andrea on IMDb, and you will be amazed that she has basically directed all of your favorite cartoons. <laughs> really, so. I hope so. I do hope so. Yeah, Elliot, you yeah. had you had a question. I do. Okay, so now this is a little. I admit, this is a little bit of a selfish question. So what would you say? So next year, assuming we can get the deal closed, next year uh, I'm producing, I'm executive producing and uh, and directing a, a five-hour narrative drama podcast. Wow. And That's I have That's ambitious, direct, sir. It, 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 it is. It's a, big, it's a big project. Okay. And so now I haven't, I have directed some voiceover over the years, not a lot. But I've watched some really excellent, like Sam Regal uh-huh, again, uh-huh. like some excellent voice directors work, and try to pick up as much as I can. What now? Um, what would you say? Like, what what what's a good piece of advice that you would give to a hmm. a, a more of a novice voice director, okay. somebody who's going into it? Okay. To good, make sure uh, you get know the material backwards and forwards yeah. yourself, so that if anybody asks you a question, you can give the answer right away without any hesitation right the other thing is no matter what an actor does for their first line reading your response is always good right it, it could be the suckiest line reading ever right always <laughs> respond with positive good right now let's try and then give them the other but actors respond positively to positive feedback yeah so if the first thing you say is negative that's what they're going to carry with them sure so respect the acting process, as yeah. far as what they have gotten through just to get in front of you, yeah. is a major road yeah. they've taken to get there. And then, um, I'm not saying kiss up. I'm just saying Mm-mm. say kind things to actors. They're sensitive human right. beings with performance ability. And so if you can get them on your side and let them know that all you want is to get the best possible performance for both of you yep. and let them know that you will never let their voice go out sounding bad. Right. So there have been times when I've asked actors to stay. I always said, can you stay after school? And I would keep them after everybody else leaves because there's a lot to be... Um, when you're working with a group and you're having trouble, you feel singled out. Sure. So rather than keeping beating up an actor in front of other actors, let the other actors go. Yeah. Keep that actor and work with them one-on-one mm-hmm. so that you can get what you need from them and just say, okay, here's where I'm having the problem. I'm not getting the feeling that, or whatever it is. Yeah. And be 
um, familiar enough with your material that you could actually give them a line reading. Right. Without them actually know they're being line read. Let them do two, three, maybe even four takes on their own and then give them the line reading on the fifth take. And just say, yeah. just echo me and give them the reading and let them echo it back to you. Right. And then move on right away. Don't wait there. You don't want them to know they've been line read. Right. A lot of actors are, um, they resist that. Yeah. But the truth is, we work in a very end result industry. Right. We don't have time for you to do three weeks of rehearsal to find out why is that villain? <laughs> what is the deal with the right. Joker? Mm-hmm. You have to get them there. <laughs> right. You know, I need a maniacal laugh here. You find it, actor. It's your job. But it could be all of this stuff. So you you get them there quickly. Yeah. I need a two and a half second laugh here. I need a 10 second maniacal laugh here. Right. You have to just get them there. And don't be afraid to do it yourself. And don't be afraid to do it less successfully because then they'll feel better about doing it better than you. Right. So I say to Gary, Gary, I need you to do a joker laugh. I need <laughs> you do it now. <laughs> so much better than me. So much better yeah. than me. And you don't want to be better than him. Well, that's not for me. That won't be a problem. But, but, yeah. uh, the beauty for that also in another thing from the actor side is. Sometimes if I know I'm not nailing what they're looking for, mm-hmm. I do want that. Yeah, I ask for it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I ask for right. it. What is it, ask, what is sure. it I'm missing? Right. What is yeah. it I'm not doing? Yeah. Uh, and if you can identify that, because sometimes people are like, just do three more. Oh, just do three more after that. And just yeah. do It's like, no, tell me what it is I'm missing. Yeah. Now I'm just spinning my wheels. Yeah, that's the thing. I Like my sense of it is that that's the thing that you want to avoid. It's like you want to make sure that you're giving, you're giving enough information like relevant information that's to right. what that character is, is supposed right. to be doing that's and right. why they're doing it that's right. and then ultimately you're going to get what you Correct. need and i mean certainly like i mean as a producer kind of sitting in the back of the room uh you know I, i've always been Im- amazed by uh how much better something sounds when it comes out of an actor's mouth than when, when you read it on the page or in a way I imagine it. And there's always actors something awesome. always something better. Like it it always elevates the material. Yes. And so that's the thing that I'm yes. excited about. Right. Like, and so yeah. freeing them, yeah. allowing them. So no matter when, once you get that take that you want, mm-hmm. that you've heard, then give the actor do one now any way you want to. Yeah. And that will probably be the take you'll keep. Gotcha. Because they've got they know now what you want. You've yeah. told them. You've done the line reading for them. They've echoed it back. You can use that take. Right. Now it's it's gravy. Now yeah. it's now the pressure's off because right. we have it. And you say that. Okay, we have it. Now do anything you want to. And then they take that note. They can't help it. That note's been given to them. It's in their brain. Their next performance is going to add a lot of their own stuff mm-hmm. and what you gave to them. Yeah. Um, and one thing I want to say to your audience, which to, to not confuse them, is we're talking about two different types of directors. There's a voice director and there's an animation director. The voice directors are responsible for how the vocal track sounds. The animation director is responsible for how the cartoon looks. And so don't let the term director confuse you. Right. That is, yes. That's She's got to write a book called How to Trick Actors. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what that is. It's it an is. acting it's trick. trick. It is. I it's don't mind being It's not a mean trick. It's not a mean trick. trick. Yeah. Because no, no. we all get rich from it. Well, we all get better from it. Nope, rich. <laughs> We all get Well, you know, I'm already rich. I've been rich since West Hampton. So, exactly. You know, since, the West <laughs> Hampton. since you were a chubby little <laughs> chubby high school little student. Ramon. Oh, dear. Andrea, uh, everyone owes you. They owe you. Aww. Looking down your body of work, 
they owe you and everybody loves you and Thank you are you. universe. And I feel bad when I say it in front of other voice directors, but you're simply the best. Thank you are you. 100%. I've been to an award show where they awarded you that. So I know it. For, I'm not the You only were one. very kind to come to that. I'm so kind. You were. Every, you were. It was way, a dreadful evening, but a lovely award. You you, you seriously are the best. Thank, Thank you, you for everything love. you've done for me. Thank you for everything you've done for the industry. Uh, and I know that for voice nerds, animation nerds, cartoon <laughs> nerds, they know who you are. For regular people who don't know, like Elliot said. Go to that IMDb. Go to IMDb. Nice. Andrea you. Romano. And then, R-O-M-A-N-O. Yeah, and, like then, the and then go to, you know, Netflix, Hulu, uh, you know, uh, HBO Max when that launches, wherever you're watching your cartoons. It's literally and, imp- yeah. it, it's literally impossible for anybody who, wa- who has watched any animation on cartoons to not yeah. have, not just watch, oh, I've seen one of her things. It's impossible. You've seen a crap load of what you've Thank done. you. I hope so. I hope you've enjoyed them. Oh. I had fun making them. Oh, my them. gosh, so much. Thank Elliot, you. yes. This has been the longest yet shortest <laughs> podcast we've ever done yeah yeah that's very true yeah so okay so now this is normally the part where i ask the ultimate question but we just but you you're not on social media and and but and and because you are retired i'm assuming you don't have things to plug i don't well however where's your next vacation uh that's really cool that's cool the next vacation is ireland scotland wales oh nice i haven't done any of those so that's the next one um but i am writing my autobiography oh wow and so i'm i'm i've kept uh notes over the years when something wonderful would happen in a recording session i'd go home and just write a little something on the desktop file and so i'm i'm starting to flesh out those stories and talk about knowing Buddy Hackett and oh Jonathan Winters and people that a lot of our young viewers might or listeners may not know like Henny Youngman or various people. Henny Youngman. Thank my wife, please. I see. Thank yeah. you for that. Yep. And um, um, like uh, uh, Carol Channing oh who worked God. for me and she was working on, a, I think it was a DuckTales and she was acting, she was wearing a starched cotton white shirt that made noise every time she moved. I said, Miss Channing, you... You're you're gonna have to. I mean, nobody had a T-shirt. Nobody had an extra T-shirt that wouldn't make noise. And I'm like Miss Channing, you're going to have to not, you know, put hold your arms out to the side when you're and don't make. Oh, darling! And she takes off her blouse and hangs it on the microphone huh? stand huh? and records in her bra. Uh, <laughs> so the stories like that. Times. I know, and I'm yeah. tired of it. Oh. Um, but <laughs> oh, but I have sorry. many of those kinds of wonderful wow. stories to oh, tell. Well. Okay. Well, and so I'm learning awesome. that. I'm thinking it's probably a year or two at least before I'm done with the book because I do it at my leisure and yeah. when it's pleasurable because I don't want it to be work. Right. But the stories I have, including lots of boondock stories. I, and If you don't put a chapter in there called How to Trick Actors. <laughs> that's good. That's a good, th- that's yeah. a good chapter. It is. They don't know they're being. It's, right? it's yeah. tricking with love. Yeah. It's no, tricking with love. You I'm can not trying to trick people in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like prostitutes are called tricks. That's very positive. <laughs> oh my God, Gary. That's very positive. And you know, in my theater history knowledge background, mm-hmm. actors were often treated equally with mm-hmm. prostitutes. With prostitutes. They were right about the same social level. Oh, they were expendable. Yeah. Which yeah. is amazing to think that actors now make millions of dollars. I mean, you know, More than I know you do. More I know than you do. Well, uh, the thing is that um, as you look at the major celebrities in our world these days, the George Clooney's and those people who make bazillions of dollars, as they should, because mm-hmm. they make bazillions of dollars for their studios, mm-hmm. um, they were once just literally above serfs in the social, in yeah. yeah. And so they were they were disposable. They could die, and it would be okay. Yeah, That's they fine. just yeah. Now they're very different. Elliot, yes, sir. 
close this show out as succinctly. Before I talk again. No, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll find out what she's got to say in chapter 38 of her book. Yes. <laughs> that which would be about this, about recording this, this exactly. episode. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, Gary, where can people find you on social oh, media? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, we're already See, there. I'm, I'm turning it right to yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at Gary Anthony Williams on Instagram. Yeah. At Gary A. Williams on Twitter. All right. Elliot, uh, you're you, found? Yeah. You can find me uh, at Elliot Blake, E-L-L-I-O-T-B-L-A-K-E, and that's on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find uh, my book, uh, Create 100 Cocktails, Home Bar Guys, Deep Dive into the Art of Cocktail Creation, in print on Amazon and as a PDF uh, on Gumroad. You can find the show... Uh, on Twitter at Gary and Elliot, you can find us on Instagram at Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot. You can find us on the web if you're looking for old shows and you're not looking at you're, you're not finding them for some reason in your in your uh, iPod app of choice or your, your sorry podcast app of choice. Uh, you can find a, you can uh, find us on the web at Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot simplecast.fm. You can email us and you should at daydrinkingwithgaryandelliot yeah. at gmail dot com. Uh, and I know you've enjoyed today's show because. How could you not enjoy? Li- we you learned know, we've, everything. We've learned everything there is to know. How could you not enjoy Andrea Romano? Um, so, like we said during the uh, the break, uh, hit that subscribe button and make sure uh, you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave us a review there or wherever you're listening. Eight hundred twenty three stars. And uh, and then the other thing you can do, and this is uh, this is this is the other way you can support the show. Uh, go to teespring.com backslash day drinking, which is where our merch store is. And you can put a day drinking with Gary and Elliot logo on your chest in the form of a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. You could uh, get yourself a coffee mug that has our logo on it. And also on the backside, it says, really, it's just coffee in here. So you could put whatever you want in there. Yeah, that's, that's and that's the thing. thing. That's, that's the thing. We, yeah, we're not going to stop you. But if you put something else in there. People will see that and they'll say, they'll say oh, he's just, just having coffee. coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can get that. You can get a tote bag. You can get a sticker with our faces on it. And why wouldn't you want that? And the thing about that is is that are we are we selling all this merch to get rich, Gary? No, we're not. No, we're not. Because we're helping others. We're helping others because 100% of the proceeds uh, from uh, each sale uh, goes to Mothers Against Drunk Driving because we want you to be safe out there. Um, and the way that you're helping us by uh, getting uh, some of our merch is by you're putting our logo out in the world. And when someone says, hey, let's stay drinking with Gary and Elliot, you can tell them. That's that awesome podcast I listen to. Yeah. And uh, I think that's it. I think we covered it all. We have covered it all. We've covered it all. We've covered it like saliva covering vocal cords. Oh, my gosh. Ew. Uh, Is (laughs) that bad? I don't know. It's just weird. (laughs) Wait a minute. You're saliva. I have suddenly a a very sort of anatomical reaction. You should know whether that's right or wrong. I mean, uh, it's right. Okay. There we've, should be saliva. We've, we've covered it. No phlegm, like one just of those saliva. Weird fruits that <gasps> pops <gasps> like pudding yeah, the, in your the, mouth. The pudding, f- the pudding fruit. It's horrible. But let's call it pudding fruit Stro- now. Pudding fruit. Let's call it. Pudding. If they pudding. call pudding it pudding fruit, fruit then yeah. it would be then you less know. of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. In your yeah. Mouth. Right, right. I don't like surprises in my mouth. <laughs> but what I do like is. I a nickel for every time. You were already, but once well, again, you're already rich. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot. You would take I those forgot. nickels and throw them at oncoming cars <laughs> on the Jersey Turnpike. Exactly. Elliot. Gary. Andrea, if I may. Sir. You 10-year-old prophet. I'm going to marry. When a 10-year-old <laughs> goes, I'm going to marry a swarthy Brazilian. People question her. Found him. They're like, Found him. don't do that yet. You're too young. But you're never too young, Elliot. To, you know, literally, you're never too young to yeah. enjoy a drink. I, <laughs> <laughs> that is so wrong uh, that, on so <laughs> many levels. 
We're not saying alcoholic drink. Yeah. We're just saying a drink. It yeah, could yeah. be juice. It could be yeah. juice box. Water? Alcohol. Oh, okay. oh right. baby. Okay. When, <laughs> Gary's going there. And when you're enjoying that drink, yeah. Elliot, with a good friend, uh, sitting around a bottle of Prosecco yeah. combined with vodka, nobody thought it would work, but it <gasps> nope, does. Nope, it, it does. does. It does. Totally does. It really does. Yep. In your day drinking, remember to do so responsibly. Thank you, Andrea. My